when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, January 25th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 214. I think it's 214. 16. 216. <laughs> Where the fuck have I been? What the hell? I haven't done... Okay, so we didn't do... It was, we were... Okay. okay. So... Mm. My notes are back. That's the whole thing. We are back in the control room, and it is looking like a war room in here. Kato found the button to make it red. Make it red in here. Why is it all red in here? It was red when I got here. It was red when Kato got here, apparently. It's, it is. It looks like the interior of a submarine in I'm here. I'm angry. Uh, which is the wrong color, because today, the only color that matters is teal. <laughs> <laughs> Not Waypoint teal. Weezer teal. Thank you, Patrick, for being our number one Weezer correspondent. Yep. What? Ha- why is this out? Also, Rob is here. Natalie is here. Why? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? What did? Why didn't you stop your old, boy? They're old, man. They're old. Come get your boy. No, yeah, but- I'm. I- All right. So Weezer put out up? something yeah. called the Teal Album, which is building on. Uh, it's sort of like the biggest moment Weezer's probably had in <laughs> ten years, which was this goofy something uh, Africa cover uh, that they did, which was the result of. Someone starting a Twitter account that was just asking Weezer to do a cover of Africa. Is that why that happened? Yeah, it was a Twitter account that just kept asking, like, when are you going to cover uh, Africa? And then I think <laughs> it was saying, okay. like, when are you? They kept saying, like, when are you going to bless the rains down in Africa? It just kept asking, and eventually, um, it kind of like caught on in their community. They eventually made good on it, and right. it's a terrible cover for an not particularly good song, uh, and. It was just funny. It was like a fu- it was it was a funny goof. Um, and then out of nowhere, uh, they yeah uh, last night uh, dropped uh, the teal album. They have a history of just uh, absent uh, Pinkerton and a handful of others just naming colors of their of the new albums and uh, it's a bunch of covers. But hold on, let me um, <laughs> let me read the track list because you might think like oh sure they did Africa. They're uh-huh. like a you know you can imagine some of the the songs they would do take on um, me. Yeah, uh, let's see. Classic cover songs. Mm -hmm. Um, Pulling up the full track list. Uh, Africa. But. uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which, Uh sure, you can see that. Um, Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Take On Me. Sure. Happy Together. Sure. Paranoid. Hmm. You should listen to this album just (laughs) to hear Rivers Cuomo attempt to do an Ozzy Osbourne. It's uh, not great. It's, Mr. Blue Sky, mm. which is actually one of my all-time favorite songs. I love that song. Um, and No Scrubs, which uh, classic. You were listening to before we started recording. It Was Loudly. that coming through the speakers? Good. Oh, yeah. Good. It was. Yeah. All yeah. right. Good. Good. Um, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean uh, and uh, Stand By Me. It's um, it's trash. It's, it's a bad garbage. album. It's I've a bad to... cover album. Even. It's a bad cover. But I here's the thing. 
I think it's intentionally so. I will, I will read a series of tweets that I, or a series of texts that I wrote to someone this morning, uh, telling a fellow Weezer fan. They were like, what is this garbage? And I was like, look, uh, I bet they recorded this garbage in a day. I appreciate yeah, I their embracing bet. of garbage. Oh. They believed in the Green Album, an actual garbage album. This is being middle-aged trash and loving it. And then I wrote this. I'm just going to – all things because everyone's coming to me for my fucking hot takes on the, on the Teal album. Uh, I wrote uh, – uh, Rivers used to be like a kind of a sad person that like didn't like his fans or his past, and he was sort of like a geek martyr. But I wrote, now he just embraces and trolls. His music is whatever, but good for him. If you're going to enter a U2 phase – just have fun with it and don't pretend you aren't something you are. They are yeah, just okay. like a dad rock band and don't have a problem with it. And I'd rather they be that than anything else. Pretending like, to put out yeah. like important groundbreaking no, rock they just albums. They just don't anymore. Like, like fucking a new Vampire U2 album weekend. comes out and they're like, we're still U2. It's like, nah, you're not. Like, you're, you're not. just not. You're just Shut not. Up. It's like, we just uh, like, this is just what we are. We're like fathers and we just play some of the hits and we also have... make some new stuff. It's fine. I Natalie guilted me into listening to this album. Mm-hmm. I did. I didn't want to. I didn't listen to all of it, but I have a high standard for covers. I grew up. Hey, in the- Austin, remember yesterday when you're like, "Some I could just listen to music and have a nice time." Yeah, but that's not. I don't mean that I could listen to any music. Oh wow! I so meant- now we got fucking qualifiers on top of qualifiers. Yes, we do. It has to be good to listen to. <laughs> Yes, there are qualifiers. So when you listen to your trash. Austin Walker 2019, yes, there are qualifiers. <laughs> this is why we have primary season, baby. We in it. I'm not just going to vote for anybody. I'm just going to vote for a bad Weezer cover album. Give me Real Big Fish or get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to listen to some ska covers. Oh, my God. This oh, yeah. is the difference. When Real Big Fish takes the stage, they bring something to their Austin. cover of Take On Me. This it is, is a different song. It is a different if song. If I want to hear Weezer just play the same songs with the same instrumentation. The one exception on this album is No Scrubs, where they introduce like a Weezer ver- like bridge to that song. Like, oh yeah, Weezer is playing this, this and song. It's bad, but at, but least... at least it's Weezer. Yeah. At least if I'm a fan of the sounds Weezer makes in that one song, it feels like they're introducing something to the song. Every other song, they're just using the same instrumentation that was already in the song. Every other song, it's extremely any any range of dads in a garage. It, it's karaoke. It's not a cover. Sure, that's fine. And that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I just... It's not for me. Sips Paranoid shook me to my core. It's good. It's bad, actually. I'm going to have this playing in my kitchen all the time. I'm Fuck listening around. to this now. And I'm realizing what this is. You know there are those bands that do covers that sound roughly like the original recordings, but they are definitively not the original version that like that a real band yes. made famous. Yes. And those bands exist basically to license those like lesser versions to background music and TV shows working sort of past muster as the song <laughs> or like that is not car actually... commercials. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That appears to be what Weezer did with Teal. <laughs> Uh, like they're not there's there's no they're not doing takes on any of these songs. No, so, no, they're just, these are not takes. They're just imitating to the best yeah. of their ability what the original track sounded like, God. but it's not the original track and has no distinguishing style of its own. It's just a bleached out version of the original track. It's really it's really something. 
God, we're gonna catch Weezer's next album as our fucking standby music on our streams. I we think, got it from Audio Network. I think they saw that SNL skit, the Thanksgiving yeah. skit. They saw and an they opportunity. Were, and they, no, I think they were shaken. I think they were like oh. they're too heated out there. People left too many strong feelings about <laughs> us. We need to lower the temperature in living rooms and dining rooms across this great land and make sure that nobody <laughs> confuses a Weezer album with something that someone gave a shit about. Fuck. Oh, God. Speaking of things that nobody gives a shit about. That's mean. That's not true. I shouldn't make this transition. This is a mean segue. I'm going to think of breath and find a different one. You're already in it. You can't just be speaking like, of, I was going to say that. But anyway. Speaking of speaking of difficult conflicts with things you want, with things and people you once loved, there's a new Far Cry game coming out. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I thought you were going to toss to my thing for today, and I no, got really no, sad. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, it could be about a lot or of things. Or it could be, we have, yeah. We have a lot of things to talk There's about. There's a lot of problematic things I'm coming gonna say, to the table in today. In general, today, we just have a lot to go through. So we're going to try to start. We're going to stop talking about Weezer and start talking about the important stuff. Video games. Ask me anything about Far Cry New Dawn, a game I played for an hour two days ago? Two days ago now. Is it good? Okay, let's not start with the big question. Do those it's girls get yet. their candy, old man? <laughs> um, They were in the intro to it, and I didn't like actually deal with the, Okay. Far Cry New Dawn is a sequel to Far Cry 5. No more questions? No, but I'm answering it's, this it's, question. It's sequel, okay. sequel implies a level of ambition that may not be reflected no. in, in so the spin-off, interview, right? No, it is a sequel. An expansion. I, I don't they, care what they're calling it. I know, but it is a sequel in a way that Far Cry games have not been sequels before. In a sure. different, in a different Follow sense. Follow up. But I feel, I feel like sequel, often yes. we see sequel, the connotation in video games is, oh, yes. the big... Iterative, you're right. Change. I'm just. I. I it, it is a narrative a sequel. A in a nar- in, yes, correct. Yeah, yes. it is. It is a narrative sequel. It is a game follow up. If you want to use the, that terminology, <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, I talked to the creative director on it, uh, uh, whose name I'm blanking on. Why do I don't? Uh, Jean uh, Jean Sebastian Decant, who was the narrative director on Far Cry Five, um, and who is very excited about being able to like return to the same setting and the same characters. Uh, it takes place 17 years after Far Cry 5. Uh, there has been global nuclear annihilation uh, or war. I don't, in my mind, he said annihilation, but maybe he just said war. I have a recording. I could check it. Um, and you are playing a survivor who is like part of a group that's going around the world or around the country helping people. You've come to Hope County. Your group has come to Hope County. Maybe you joined a group that came to Hope County. It's a little shaky. Um, and you are like, Dealing with the characters and the the children of the characters from Far Cry Five. Are did you come to Hope County specifically, or was it just like the next place on the list? So I can't quite remember if you are part of the crew of helpers, or if you joined them. Um, the mm-hmm. crew in question is just kind of going up and down the coast via train, mm-hmm. or up and down the world, the country via train. Not coast; it's Montana. There is not, not a coast the world. there. What? does helping mean in this context what what sort of post apocalypse are we dealing what virtuous mission is, <laughs> this is a you question. and your group good one. embarking upon um so the world of the hope county is divided yet again um and it is it is coming under siege by a group called the highwaymen the highwaymen uh, which is led by the Good twins. Good poem, the, great Lorena McKenna song. Uh-huh, and that's that's what it's, it's all based on that, Rob. Uh, it is it is a group led by the twins, the, who are the, the two black women who were in the original trailer and who were raised. They don't, so one of the big pitches in this game is like there's a generational gap. 
Um, mm. Boomers versus Millennials. It's happening live on Far Cry, New Dawn. Uh, it's it's the gap is people who remember the old world and people who don't, or people who like remember normality and who are adults in 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 the old normal, and people who grew up in a terrible broken world, mm. and who are like slightly supposed to be like, a little sympathetic because of that, because like hey, they've always had to fucking fight for it. They've never been etc. Natalie, your hand is up. What's up? Where's Gen Z? They all died. You didn't oh. make it. You didn't make it. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, no, actually, I think I think Gen Z is probably the. I'm in a bunker somewhere. You're in a bunker, or are the villains right? Like the the young, or or are people who just don't know, right? Like one of the main characters is uh, Carmina Rye, who mm-hmm. is or Carmina Rye, who is the daughter of Nick, the pilot from the first game, uh, and uh, and uh, his wife Kim. Um, I don't know why I know these names. It's wild. Yeah, I'm really impressed. Yeah, seriously. Like, you're saying the names. I'm like, who could that person be? I don't know. That game just went. The plane guy. His wife was nice. She was nice in that game. She was she, she was someone who like could have been a real character and instead had beat seven that lines. game. And I, I I literally took a knife and just extracted everything Good. about it. Fair. Uh, I like head. that. I'll be honest. Like that is my impression of this game to some degree. Is just like if Far Cry Five had given it any runway, I would be super excited about this thing. Um, because that's the, that, that was ideas. my question when when you came back from this was like the trailer got us all interested because we saw these two black women be like oh. Is this game gonna like do what's something? This, what's this game gonna? Hmm. And then my initial response to that was like, "We've been here before. I've done this. Like Far uh-huh. Cry is we for a lot of people do turning into Sonic the Hedgehog, where it's like this is gonna be the one. Okay, like they're going to do it. Like there's some new hook. Like enough time has passed. Like uh, maybe maybe this time. And I don't know. Like Far Cry Five and what it didn't do with what it set up." There are so many games coming out. Like, do you yes. do you get the impression this game deserves my time and attention? If if I didn't care for Far Cry Five, like, um, no, well, for, so for, it it, it, hmm. it depends. It's just on what another bait and it. switch. Uh, if, if this is a fifteen-hour thing where you can like get into the progression loop and you want to like relax after work and shoot some bad guys and aren't going to dig into the fact that like <clears throat> you were fighting the two black like. Uh, twins sisters and are teaming up it looks like with some of the remnants of the cult from before or yeah, like, like how, the descendants how are those of the just cult? not the main characters who are just taking it dog to i yeah i know well, well that's see, what we right? thought that game was right like that's what i thought well, that game no might be. no 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 that's what like too many loud people on twitter thought that game would be well it's and what we wanted. No, like, no, but this... honestly when i saw that trailer that that initial trailer the initial one yeah it was a mark of how my politics my 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 politics have got have made it hard for me to parse a lot of things that are meant to be immediately parsable right. uh, in media. So when I saw that ad, I was like, oh, cool. So these two badass uh, like <laughs> twins are just going around and fucking up like survivors freeholds who are like hoarding wealth and supplies. I mean and that is like, the thing that's happening, except they're the bad guys, right? And that's Why? and that's where I realized because that... they're stealing things, Natalie, because they were raised by their dad, who was the first highwayman, and who taught them that in a world like this, where you have to scramble to survive, you just got to take what you need. This is the way it was delivered. In the and game. this is what's wrong with that? You got to take what you need. Well, because the good guys are building communities and are building or have walls. Oh, Which is to say, and this is the thing, like, so they released another trailer, and Austin, right. the strong vibe I get off of this yeah. is that it has a very 
uh-huh. enlightenment philosophy idea of this who deserves to who deserves to have land, to have security, to have peace. And you are operating with people whose job it is basically to reestablish property relationships between yeah. communities in the land and people who aren't getting with that program I mean, who and respo- who aren't respecting that social contract uh, are the bad guys and need to be brought to heal or eradicated. The, so here is my like galaxy brain take is that if there were looking at the pieces on the board. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks like it's going to be a very fairly obvious game, uh, just looking at the pieces as they stand now. You are part of the group of just, like, average everyday survivors, the same types of people from Hope County as before, or their kids, right? Like, I ran into Grace, who was the, like, sniper lady in the first game, the black lady who was, like, a uh, military vet, and now she's blind. She's gone blind, but is, like, your, is like a weaponsmith. She, like... Seems to have crafted. I didn't finish this mission, so I didn't get to use the weapon. But she crafted a modified version of this, like tribes ass. Like tribes is an old PC game for people who don't know this, where you could shoot. The weapons are ridiculous in tribes. This is like a, a saw gun. You shoot circular saws, and she made one that has some sort of homing property. Like it is a post-apocalyptic game in the sense that like they want to go wild with some of this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and like that is one of the characters. Pastor Jerome is back. Like a lot of the characters who are just like, oh, we're just everyday citizens. Those are your heroes. You're gonna team up with like the remnants or descendants from the cult. The shitty leader of it is back, and it's gonna be like, oh, we don't want to team up together because we have different views. But we all gotta team up to stop the Highwaymen, who are these two black twin sisters who will be given a sympathetic arc, and then who you kill in the end because they're committed to their evil ways. That is like the way it's laid out, right? There's a galaxy brain version of this in which the dude you team up with at the top of this game, whose name is like, his name is not Jeffrey Rush, <laughs> but it is, it is like John Rush or something like that. And he is like, he's like a security dude. He's, he's the one who goes around and trains people how to, how to defend themselves. Hmm. And I got a couple scenes with him where I'm like, I don't trust this dude at all. Like my spider sense is tingling. There's a world in which the, the big like third act reveals that that guy is bad, too. Mm. Um, and you, you team up with the sisters. But who the fuck knows? This is what we said. This, like this is the it, wheel it, we get on. We're here again. We're here no, again. No, this is what I'm saying. Like, we, we shouldn't do that because here's the fundamental thing is, like, I'm bored. Like, I'm playing the game and I'm like, moment to moment, it's fine to shoot these guys and collect resources. There's some stuff around resource collection and, like, crafting that is new because it's post-apocalyptic. And so it's a lot of, like, like here's a, a very specific one. The last game introduced the ability to, like, have followers. Now, if a follower goes down, you need to, like, get certain supplies to bring them back. Uh, who are, like, you don't your, just your squares like that you did follower? before. You don't just, no, you can do that. You can bring them back if they're, like, hurt. But if they if they Oh, die, they just went away for a little while. For, like, right? ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, now yeah. it's like, no, you got to go out and get supplies to bring them back. To bring Grandma Sniper back? To bring Grandma Sniper back, exactly. Uh, I don't know if it's specific to each person. I only had two people, and only one of them went down. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a dog. I pet that dog. The dog was nice. Um, the the uh, They're like, your home base is a place that you upgrade over time. You bring back ethanol, which unlocks higher-tier weapons and higher-tier vehicles. I, it's like That's like the currency in this game is ethanol, which is a whole other question. I don't you know. Anyway... Uh, and then there's lots of little supplies. You're getting duct tape. You're getting, you know, it's 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 like Fallout light. They, they also numbers pop off of enemies when you shoot them. It looks like Borderlands. Like it's it's like a light RPG in that sense. Not in the sense that there's choices for you to make. Uh, in the sense that there are like stats in that way. Um, yeah. Is it a, or are they just superficially putting that on? They're just superficially putting like a logical well, trick. 
there are tiers of weapons in a way that there were not previously in the same exact way. Uh, but there I aren't guess. like interesting skill trees. There aren't. But like, I'm just that's what I'm saying. I think like that's, that's a superficial UI addition Absolutely. in order to suggest a game uh, that is deeper and more thoughtful than it actually is. It also lets you make uh, enemies that are bullet sponges. That's the other thing it actually does. Is there are enemies that are like I've shot this enemy a lot and it hasn't died yet to make it feel less like the traditional Far Cry game where you shoot a dude three times and he dies and more like a Borderlands or mm. a Destiny or whatever where it's like, oh yeah, this guy has on plate metal armor because he's post-apocalyptic and now he's going to take 30 bullets or 25 bullets instead of five. Um, and that is like, I, I'm not here for it really. Like I'm just, I. it is not a, I think that people will have an, a totally okay game, a time with this game and you know who you are if you will. If you were on the fence in a year where this game is, this year is packed with games to play where the numbers go up. What do you mean? Uh, where like if all you want is like a nice progression system where you want to see your stats go up and you mm -hmm. want to get new guns and new drops and new abilities, mm -hmm. they're everywhere right now, mm -hmm. right? This is one of four post-apocalyptic shooters coming out this year. I played you've another seen two. in like the same uh, right. week. Uh, Rage 2 is out in April. Division uh, 2 is out in March. And uh, Metro uh, Exodus is out in February. Is out, is out, I think, day and date or around the same time as this. Maybe this is... When is new? Maybe New Dawn is later than that. Uh, I'm checking. I think it might be. No, new February fifteenth. It's the same. No, New Dawn is February. Oh, oh 15th. sorry. I thought. I thought. I thought. You, I thought you said Days Gone. Oh no. Oh right. And Days Gone is also coming. <laughs> another post-apocalyptic <laughs> game. What the fuck is happening? That game got moved out of February. That game was February originally. Right. Yeah, now I think it's well, March yeah. or May. Yeah, so February 15th, literally the same day, you're choosing between Metro Exodus, which I also went and saw recently, and very briefly, I just wrote a preview, it's up on the site, you can go read April it. April 26th. Um, uh, for Days Gone? Mm. Okay. So, like, if what you want is post-apocalyptic, there's a lot of it out there. Um, I can talk about Rage 2 another day, but, like, uh, uh, there's What's, a lot. Uh, can going... I just ask briefly? So, when I saw yes. it at E3... Um, you're talking now, not Rage, Rage 2. 2. You're I can't no, talk yeah, about Rage 2, 2 yet. I can't oh, talk okay. about Rage right. 2 yet. Gotcha. So we'll talk about that next week. Um, uh, but what I will say, what you can talk about is, one of, I asked, I've asked everybody involved in all of these games that I've seen, like, what is the thing that sets this game apart mm -hmm. <laughs> from these other ones? And the Far Cry answer was like, oh, it's very colorful. And it's like, Rage is doing the same color palette. Like, like the same. The same color palette. Which, like, they couldn't have known that two years ago when they figured out. But isn't that a Rage thing? No, Rage One was really brown. Rage Rage One was like gray and brown and like early. It was more colorful than id software games in the past, but yeah. low bar. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I think Patrick, your question had been, is it safe to skip this originally? And like, yeah, probably. I think it's the kind of thing where at this point see, I would rather like... go back. Right? It's like if if I if like folks I trust play this and go, hey, actually, right. like yes, yes, I yes. was one of those people. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. There's something here. You should come back and check it out. It's going to. It's not. I am. I'm, you know, even though it's a sequel, it will probably be not nearly as long as a normal Far right. Cry game, right. right? So if I find out, like, hey, there's a third act thing, it's playing with some cool themes, and actually capitalizes on some of the stuff that Far Cry 5 just totally whiffed on, then I'll come back. I just, I am just going to consciously make the choice to yep. skip it up front because I I didn't enjoy the moment-to-moment -moment game, gameplay of Far Cry 5 at all. Like, it wasn't actively bad. I yeah. just didn't enjoy the shooting or the running mm -hmm. around. Like, it just didn't do anything to me on yep. a moment-to-moment -moment basis. So absent all the other stuff that, um, you know, in other games where the, the themes and plot framing and characters, like, do a lot of heavy lifting, it didn't do anything in Far Cry 5, and then I just wasn't enjoying what was left. I enjoyed Far Cry 4 and 3 far more as, like, just moment-to-moment -moment, uh, games. 
I've been thinking about what it is exactly that drives me away from Far Cry beyond the theme, beyond the beyond the story of each of these games. And it feels like since three, each game, despite having a, the idea of a large open world, every one of those worlds is so compressed. The engagement ranges mm-hmm. are super tiny. Everything is happening. Every single thing is at the scale of a few backyards, yeah. uh, like stapled together. And what I miss from like Far Cry Two had a sense of this, but it even compares with some modern games like um, Hell. It's not an apples to apples comparison, but uh, PUBG and Fortnite both give you a larger sense of there being specific regions, locales, and there being activity in the distance that you can see and you can go interact with. And I think where I'm at yeah. with Far Cry is that they're just approached to the open world where it's a big world, but everything happens at a really small scale, a, a really mm-hmm. close in scale. Uh, I think it ends up really driving me away because it ends up, it, it, it feels like a really clunky run and gun shooter in open ground without a lot of interesting geometry or identifying features. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I- that's where I've ended up. I can place this immediately in contrast <clears throat> in contrast with Metro Exodus, where two of the big moments I had in that game, obviously, so for people who don't know, Metro Exodus uh, is the third game in the Metro series and is, like, post-apocalyptic again, but unlike previous Metro games, it is not in the kind of tight corridors of the underground Metro tunnels of Moscow. It is spread out across a, uh, a the entirety of the kind of Eurasian continent, um, uh, all along a train line. You are in a big train called the Aurora, and you're going, uh, I think, east. I think you're going east. Maybe you're going west. I don't remember where the train goes. I don't know the, like, the, the overall direction. Uh, regardless, you're passing through various parts of the, I guess, west is, is the way you're going. Uh, the, the, you're passing through various parts of the continent, and the, the seasons are changing. And so like the version that I played in uh, at E3 was set at the Volga, which was all swampy and over kind of uh, overflowed. That's the and, section I played it. Yes. Yes, totally. Right. Uh, where you fight like the Luddites and they're in the church and all that stuff. Uh, the version that I've just played at this demo is set in the summer and it's set at the dried out Caspian Sea. Um, and uh, it's kind of a desert level, basically. And it's huge. And two of the major kind of... Um, set pieces that I had, or not, they weren't even set pieces really, but um, two of the major encounters I had were these like long distance sniper duels, the sort of which I never have in Far Cry. Um, and, and they were passable. Like I think the shooting in Metro is is passable at best. Like It's like, yeah, okay, I'm having an all right time shooting these guns. Um, but, but that's always been of, the series, right? Yes, like, totally. The series be, has always been, like the first Metro has really mediocre combat. Yes. Last Light, the sequel got to competent i and would Redux, say i think fixed it in the first game or brought it back like they, they kind of back right. added that combat that combat but it's always been a game in which the atmosphere yes. is doing an enormous amount of it's not even character or plot really it is like atmosphere is doing just so much of the heavy lifting in what yeah. it makes those games interesting and 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 special in a lot right of and so like these like that's even true for these sniper duels in a weird way right because it's like i'm sniping up at a guy who's in this like converted radio tower as his his like buddies are trying to rush me down and i have sniper support from someone who's up on a bridge like artyom's who's the main character his his partner was like set up in a train in a train station or like a like a tram like a tram 
uh, station or something nearby with a bridge. I think the whole thing ended up having this very funny comedy level to it or a comedy sense to it because mm-hmm. of these giant sniper rifle like laser sights that were like flailing all over the place as these two people tried to get shots at each other. Um, and then another duel once I, uh, from another place, I think once I took their position, I was able to look down and see another base I could go kind of go attack. But I had, I had that sniper's gear. And so I was like, I can shoot from forever away. I have a really good understanding of where the bad guys, like uh, where the Baron, who's the, the kind of bad guy in that, in that section of the map, where his like people are. Um, and so, like, yeah, Rob, I think you're right about Far Cry because, yeah, there are, like, sniping levels. There are moments where you're like, ah, yes, I should do the sniping. Um, but since, since you know, two, I can't think of any situation where, like, because of sniping, I'm going to play this out in a different way, in, a cons- like, a considerably different way than the way intended. Like, there's such a big difference between I've climbed this mountain and I've set up shop here to, like, look down at this camp and deal with it f- than there is an overpass with an ammo crate looking down into a into a an enemy base where the like oh this is where they want me to snipe mm. from which is like the difference like that is like the PUBG or Fortnite difference where it's like oh wow no like i have constructed my own strategy here mm-hmm. um any other questions about metro before we take a quick break well i mean i think you and i had similar reactions to that uh preview we saw at E3 yeah. where we both kind of felt like what we saw was you were sort of anchored to the train, uh, yeah. you were sort of journeying across the landscape on, and then it kind of felt like you got off the train and you went out into a tiny little zone with some very small scale, uh, rail, like on rails like encounters uh, that's yeah. shoot out in the church in the E3 demo, I think ended up turning both of us off because it felt so prescribed uh the padding through it was so uh there's one way through it really you can adopt a couple different like tactics but you're probably going to hit these you're probably going to take this exact same path i'm curious do you get the sense that that was an aberration do you get the sense that this feels a little bit more exploratory i guess like there's room for exploration I think that there is room for exploration in between those fights, basically, right? Um, you get off the train in this one, and you're kind of told, hey, there's a comm station to the south. Go that way. Try to get in contact so we can reach out to, to people nearby. Um, and the path from your train to that comm station is over some dunes and through some ruined buildings. And, like, it's kind of wide open in a sense where, like, I don't... Okay, I can see the comm station way off to the south. There's all this other stuff I can go explore and get loot and run into zombies and, like, do that stuff. It's never as interesting as a devoted open world game is. You're not finding, like, audio logs out in the wilderness, or I didn't find any, or, like, skeletons who are laid out in sad ways, you know, (laughs) the thing that you do. And then you get there, and then it's a fight. Yeah. Um, does your time in the open world feel limited? Like, do you feel like you're actively no. avoiding um, the main... I see what you're saying. So, like, one is, like, important to understand the structure of it is, like, there are going to be f- however many zones. They're going to be, like, these are the... You're in this zone now, and mm-hmm. at some point the train will leave, and you will leave with it, and that will be it for that zone. But that's right? triggered by... The end of, like, the story mission, gotcha. basically, the main story there. Um... I the th- I actually had the kind of opposite feeling, which was like I don't know why I should be exploring in a, in a 
I know I should go be going off the beaten path or kind of imagine uh, what it feels like is like this level, this zone has a river running through it. Not literally, but like game design wise, the player is on a river. The river has a bunch of little like estuaries and side streams that you can duck out into and be like, oh, what's over here? What's over here? But you're going to move down that river. And that even happened where like there's a point at which the map opened up a little bit or like the story of the map opened up a little bit where it was like, all right, RTM, we need you to go take out the sniper tower this converted um, boat that's been turned into a base and this bridge over here. And like, okay, cool. I can go do those three things, but like, they're kind of in a line. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the sniper tower. Then I'm going to go down to the boat. Then I'm going to go to the bridge. And that's like the way it looked like it was set up. I could have gotten in my car and driven to another corner of the map and gone and done something else. And, and the thing I'm actually really curious about is could have I gone right to those things right away from the train and have avoided the previous stuff in the story, cleared them out, and then what would have happened? Would the, mm. would they have been given? Would the troops have been like reinstated there? Would I would have I gone there and there wouldn't have been any troops there yet to kill? Like I don't know, and that's something that's going to take more ex- more experimentation. Um, but you know, Rob, I guess to answer your question, like it is a bunch of set pieces and traditional metro style encounters that are sp- like spread throughout this kind of larger open area. And there is a distinct difference there. It does not just feel like one of these sections of, of Metro where you happen to be up in Moscow instead of underground. It isn't just, uh, let me find the path through. It is more open than that. But I don't know why I'm encouraged to take advantage of that openness quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, uh, for the reasons Patrick said, you come to Metro, you know, atmosphere, for me, like the factions, like, oh, what's up with this group? That stuff is still here and still interesting. And so, like, again, if on February 15th I have to choose between one of these two games from the from the previews I've played, I'm definitely going to go with Metro because it's the one that I feel like there's the chance I will be surprised by. In a real, if it, in a, if in a real weird, way. It'll be weird in an interesting way yes. that you want to yes. chew on. Yes. And the, the shooting won't feel as good. I don't care. Like, <laughs> no. It's fine. Yeah. Rob. No, I just had a last question, which was that sure. when we saw it in uh, last June, it also kind of felt like those games have benefited a lot from taking place in the dark, foggy murk of the Metro. <laughs> yeah, Does it still look yeah. like maybe these things do not look so good in the cold light of the Caspian day? They, they don't look as good, but there are still those moments yeah. where like the, the sandstorm rolls in. Um, and there are moments where they find the dark, right? Like the, the segment that I, t- I write about in my preview is you go to meet up with this woman uh, who is like um, – her mother was a scientist who was working at the comm station nearby, um, and there's like there's no like touching stuff there about her talking about her mom and about how she's a rebel against these slavers and blah blah blah. But the the on your way in to meet up with her, she's like under siege by the by the uh, nearby enemies, uh, this kind of raiding slaver faction, and she has set up traps inside of these tunnels. And the tunnels are, and I think this actually speaks to, again to the idea of like Metro is a game where character and atmosphere carry it, not characters mm. but character. Um, they're moving through these tunnels and you have to understand the tunnels are like underwater sea tunnels. They're, they feels like you're walking through a piece of coral or something to some degree mm. because the desert is the sea that's been drained, right? And the lighthouse where, where Giel, who's the woman you're, you're meeting up with, is on top of like a plateau, but that plateau is just the beach, right? That plateau is just like an outcropping what would have been surrounded by water 
you know, 25, 30 years ago or whatever. Um, and so you're moving through these like underwater tunnels that are not underwater anymore. They're now desert tunnels. Uh, and the lighting inside of those is extremely good as enemies step into her trip wires and set themselves on fire or look down at a like an un- an underground gas vent as gas like natural gas you know explodes upwards and then they turn to shoot at you and then their spark lights the whole fucking thing oh, on fire. Shit. Those moments are really good. Um, and then there's like there are also the moments where it's just metro, right? Like you go into that underground comm station and there are mutant spiders down there and there's like you're counting your gas masks because there's a gas leak down there, you know, like, or you're counting your filters. It does all that same stuff. It's just also sometimes you're above ground and you're looking at kind of like the, the sun burnt, you know, dried out sea. And that stuff is, is it worked for me. It doesn't look, it is not going to stand up next to the best looking video games, but I don't know that it needs to. Um, it looks good enough and the art direction is sharp enough and the, the settings are interesting enough that I'm like, yeah. And, the amb- and, it, and like the ambition in different areas, right? That's yes. always been the defining trait in, yes. of Metro for me is, but I've been excited about them going into, you know, we, we had that recent discussion about what is an open world and like, it's not going to be a bunch of, system, like it's just no. a bigger map. Like that's really what this is. Yeah, one of the talking like. points was like this: the Caspian Sea is bigger than either Metro Twenty Thirty Three or right. or Metro Last Light. Like, right, and that's okay. sure fine. Cool. Um, and it's uh, while I remain sort of like cautiously optimistic, I'm like cautiously optimistic because I still just don't know what to ex- like. I don't know what the framework is for. The, I don't know what are the the, the the walls that they're going to push on yeah. that are especially not going to be clear in a demo, given that part of the whole appeal of these games is being slow and thoughtful yes. and methodical like all things that are like really difficult like when i did that in my demo i just didn't go very far or run into much of anything interesting which was less of an indictment of the game as much as that's just sometimes what happens when you play this game the way that it's sort of intended to be played and that's just yeah. you know the antithesis of you know playing a game for a preview uh event where you're just like, like, so like blowing through it and yeah totally that, yeah. you know I, I will say that like there are lots of little things that I think will make this a good enough Metro game in terms of just, hey, upgrading your weapons is a thing you can do kind of on the fly in a way you couldn't before. You want to take that silencer off that gun? You can just do it wherever. You don't have to wait, you know. Or that's the other thing that makes it a nice, that, that changes these zones to feel like they're open is, all right, before I go do this, I'm going to go back to where that workbench was. That's a right. thing you can go do now. Whereas in the previous Metro games, you're like, I fucking need a workbench so bad. I fucking I <laughs> hit triangle and picked up the wrong gun and now I'm stuck with the wrong gun because the door closed behind me and I can't go back and get my good gun you know that <coughs> excuse me that stuff happened all the time when i was playing 2033 uh and the fact that like the fact that you just like take off your backpack now and clean your guns or like change your change the mods like you can find a gun from an enemy that has a really good stock on it and in the moment just rdm will take off his backpack lower it to the ground and you'll switch it on and that is such a small change that is just a quality of life thing um but like oh wow they they didn't just decide we just need to keep doing the character and atmosphere stuff they thought we should also make sure that the basics of this gameplay are not frustrating, that you're not putting up with the game mm. just to play it. All right. We should take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more sort of post-apocalypses with Resident Evil 2. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back. What's that? Okay. It's a code. For what? The kingdom. Oh, cool. We're back. Why <laughs> are you just talking over this? I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Wait. Natalie yeah, and Patrick just, just Why don't you got... just read your kingdom hearts code uh, for the whole podcast? It'll Natalie. already be, hopefully, will have already been spent, redeemed by Seven. the Seven. <laughs> like... Yeah? That's the only one I'm giving you. Seven. Yeah, if you fill out the rest, you figure out the rest. <laughs> if you, you figure out the rest, you can have it. Seven, you Delta, it. Foxtrot, Alpha, oh, Delta, Alpha, <laughs> November. No, we're going to talk about Ace Combat 7 later. Um, <laughs> the uh, Speaking of Kingdom Hearts, really quick, we're going to record uh, tomorrow. We're going to record a Kingdom Hearts. Fuck. What? Fuck. <laughs> Excuse me? Well, Natalie's got a deadline. Yeah, so like the, the, the first, this will be. R.I.P. Michelle. Uh, this will be up. It'll be up uh, next week uh, uh, in time for the game's uh, release proper. Um, is yeah, it or is it going up? No. Uh, so the game, it doesn't release here in the States. Till Monday. For, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought so we're we're going to do it in time for Monday. Yes. Yeah? We'll record it tomorrow. We should yeah. record it and we'll put it on Monday. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's fine. I have more time. I have more time well, to download. Kato well, has no, strong feelings about record it tomorrow. I think Friday. Kato wants to just drop it tomorrow. Hell yeah. Fuck. It goes out tomorrow in Japan. I have yeah, so I much information to download into my brain. I'm Let's so check in tomorrow scared. morning. Okay, so I want to be clear what we're doing. We are not doing a Kingdom Hearts th- 3 spoiler cast. We oh, have yeah, a Kingdom sorry. Hearts 3 review coming. Uh, Julie Muncie, who's a great fan of the series and a great writer, writes for she writes for Wired. She's written for us a couple of times, uh, is going to uh, review it for us. And that review will be coming next week. I wanted to make sure she had time to, like, she's beaten the game already. We've checked in. I want to make sure she had time to like digest it and actually mm. sit with it and like, hey, here's what a good review is. It isn't just a thing you turn around like as quickly as possible, which the embargo date kind of required that to be what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that'll come probably on Monday for the maybe not on Monday, maybe Tuesday. We'll see. It'll be early next week. But but tomorrow I you and Patrick. Yeah, mostly mm-hmm. me. I think I'm going to sit in on this. Austin will be there. And Kado will be there to say you're wrong. Patrick, you're getting condescending again. Patrick. What? <laughs> no, Stop being I, mean no, to I'm Kingdom go- Hearts. No, this this is I had said this up front. Like this is uh, like no, all I go. The, sh- the shtick has dropped. I am it's gone. One hundred percent. I'm I'm gonna I have a uh, I'm here. I'm either supposed to pick a thirty six minute or there's a fifty seven minute. There are two videos people have recommended. Yeah. I'm I'm the 57 because I've only seen the 36. There's a game trailer. Natalie, the I, floor. let really Natalie good. speak. Natalie has the floor. I, Natalie Watson, am learning everything I can about Kingdom Hearts in the next 24 hours, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna record a podcast in which I explain all of Kingdom Hearts. The yes in the past 15 years in excitement in in anticipation in, without explainers. So, oh, wait, you're not watching a single explainer. I'm not going to watch a single explainer video. Instead, oh, I didn't know about this. Instead, I am going to just I what I've been doing is I've been watching uh-huh. just cutscene movies. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Can you give me a preview? Sora. 
he's here on an island. Are there parents? I think there might be. I'm not sure. You told me Riku was your favorite yesterday. Riku. Oh my God, Natalie, you didn't tell me this is how you, okay. Extremely hot. Dangerous, bad boy. Right. Sasuke is a Sasuke. Is a Sasuke. Oh, yes. We had a whole conversation tomorrow, yesterday. We had to explain to Sasuke scale. We used, what did we use? Kurt and. Not Kurt, Kirk. (laughs) Captain Kirk. And and Spock was our. Spork. And and Mr. Spork. (laughs) Captain Kurt and Mr. Spork. Um, As our. As our. Kirk and Sasuke. And it's not exact, but like, we needed something. Naruto and Sorry, Sasuke. Sorry, what did I say? Kirk and Sasuke? <laughs> Catch me on AO3. <laughs> read my fix. Um, Kyrie. Pow, pow, fruit. You're just saying words. Pow, pow, fruit is what will link the destinies together. Uh, uh, Riku and... Oh, this is actually a verbatim line I have in my notes. Riku and Sora are both performing for Kyrie for the Pow Pow Fruit to link their destinies together. They perform a race in which the winner shall finally be able to share a Pow Pow Fruit and be together forever. <laughs> Where is Kyrie's agency in this? Okay, Unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, she, well, she, Kyrie, she, Kyrie just wants the young guys on the team to pull their weight and get serious. Kyrie's very confusing right now because I, I, you guys missed me with that joke that went right over my head. Everyone else is laughing. Austin, you should make sure you get that review copy in from Julie before this thing airs. Yeah. Uh, should. Why? This is going to be good. It's going to be fine. It will will do Kingdom Hearts the honor it is due. I, we are doing, mm, mm, this is not a joke. We are. I'm being dead serious. We are like. I am going to watch these explainers too. Not like Natalie. None of, nothing I've been saying is with like. I am all the way here. You're all the no, way. I'm in ready now. to You're, be all the way in too. I love yeah. anime. I love fucking anime. So, um, stay tuned. So we're gonna until... do. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna do that for. We're gonna record that, and then we're at least going to do a couple of podcasts it, about us playing through Kingdom Hearts. N- Natalie and I talking about Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Waypoint one hundred one. Kingdom Hearts three. We. <laughs> We s- uh huh. What's up? You're just laughing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mm. Wow. Piku, just eject. Pow pow fruit. Pow pow. Oh, not sorry. Riku Riku fruit. Riku Riku. I said Piku. Oh Piku Piku Niku. Piku. Oh, oh Piku Niku. Great game. <laughs> I finished it. Nice. How was it? It was really charming. It's short. It's like three hours probably. Okay. Um, that was the check in because I forgot we re- we said I was gonna check in on Piku Niku. That was the adventurous game you it's were the adventurous before, right? red little friend game that i was playing a couple weeks ago i finished it and um it was it was cute yeah i liked it a lot it was a fun little time all right nice um other things other things not as maybe i think sounds like it's actually a lot of fun but maybe not so much, so much a fun little time resident evil 2 is it just called resident evil 2 do they just call yep. it that yep. uh that seems like it's reviewing extremely well. People are saying it's the best in the series. People are saying it's like they did it again. Res- is it different or is it just the game again? Good question. Uh, so, yeah. You wrote so, about this. yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 2 is. 
Yeah, I don't know, like what phrase you would land on. You know, there's remakes, reimaginings, uh, reinventions, reboots. It's not. It's not a reboot. It is. Um, Revisit. I mean, remix is probably like no, because not remix. No, is, remix, remix is implies different. that it's just moving things around. Remix. Right? So, so like Resident uh, Evil Two point five. The remix. <laughs> Well, you laugh, except that like there is like a Resident Evil 1.5. Right, that's which true. Is the abandoned uh, version of Resident Evil 2 that true. never came out. Really wish they would just put what they have out and let people actually play that thing. I would love to play. That'd be cool. The Resident Evil 1.5 that was like straight up previewed in like EGMs, and I was obsessed over. Um, and uh, so no, this is uh, it's a remix in the sense that yes, like it is like moving events around and recontextualizing them. But like for example, like in uh, I put up some like quick thoughts on the game after having played about five hours uh, earlier this week, and one of my like throwaway lines was uh, that, "Oh, like the gun store scene, which is like it, an infamous like way that like RE2 sort of kicks off in the Leon Kennedy campaign." Uh, this game is split into two campaigns. Like you pick uh, like, uh, one of two characters, and they sort of intersect with one another in some ways, but sort of branch off in others. Um, that's what, it's a, it's a, a really you know infamous scene from that, and it's just not here. Well, yes and no is what I'll say. Um, and and like the ways that it takes things that you are looking forward to, reimagines them. Like it's it's it, I have really liked what I have played so far. Um, it is uh, extremely dark and scary and serious, and yet that is juxtaposed to a game in which there are still medallions that open secret passageways underneath the police station there are <laughs> it was uh, hey listen the, the music obviously the police station was built on the inside of an uh, abandoned museum that's why you use line medallions to get into the secret underground areas sure because like a museum obviously. what kind of museum uh, history oh, wow. art Muse- lion statues art art probably history. art could be history Art history. Art, art history. history. Art history. It's an art history museum. Beautiful. Anyway, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> and, and there are things like, you know, heart keys. And, right. Uh, wait, this uh, is Kingdom uh, Hearts wait. again. <laughs> right. So, like, so, so, so now they're like the original Resident Evil games, like, mm-hmm. you were would do these things like, hey, in order to get into the room down the hallway, like, you need to find three medallions and slot them in. And it's a lion medallion and a bear so medallion. That doesn't take and place in Resident Evil. What was the most recent one? Resident Evil 7. 7. That's the one with the grandma? That is the one yes. with the grandma. Okay, that's the only one that I've seen. Right. And that one gets away. That one is like grounded in the sense that it's uh, it, it gets away from That's like less fantastical, the... right? Uh, it's No, it's definitely fantastical, but it's... it's it's like less like a, a schlocky in the. It's less schlocky, is what I would say. Mm-hmm, like that's like mm-hmm. where the arc of the Resident Evil games went. Was like Resident Evil One was like straight up horror. Uh, Resident Evil Two is like the jump from Alien to Aliens, and then it just sort of embraced the blockbuster, uh, sort of schlocky B movie uh, angle to it. Um, and this game, like it's it's dense. It's densely scary. Like it is. It is meant to shock you and scare you and 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 have you. Uh, breathing heavy and nervous sweat as you're playing it and yet it still has things like a spade key and like the game doesn't mm-hmm. comment on that stuff it's not like it's going haha wink wink nod nod is that hasn't weird changed this it didn't station? become the the floor three police station key in this update it, it it's uh-huh. still just like 
They're like no, relics. No, it's still that of, game. It, yeah, right. like vestiges right. of like the what it. But the rest of it, but it did get rid of the old stuff. The other some other like not to get uh, sorry, not get rid of, but like in it streamlines making, that stuff. Well, and making um, it a third person shooter in in play and getting rid of the tank controls and the. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's keeping like the gamey. Right, logic. It's of keeping movement. the kitschy stuff that yeah, is yeah, still yeah. like, like yeah. in some ways, and that works for you. The, the yes, like it, it absolutely works for me on an, a on a, both a nostalgia level, and it's just like yes, they could have just made it third floor office key, but there's something about it just being like this the heart key that is like oh that's cool, like you could have changed it, and it would have been fine, but it's it's nice that that like sort of like kitschy part of the Resident Evil mm-hmm. series is what? still there, mm-hmm. but there are all sorts of like really tiny updates that like make it much more approachable right like so the controls are better and the argument over over keeping tank controls has always been oh it makes you seem slow and laborious and that you're you're more in danger because the game itself is laborious to control and so the way the game compensates for that is by making the 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 primary enemy the zombies like unpredictable and what i mean by unpredictable is that I, and I was talking with Brad Shoemaker about this as both him and I were playing through the game. Is like, I'm constantly missing shots and I cannot quite get a grip on the controls. And I don't think it's the controls that are the problem. It is actually that the zombies are like unreliable, move, like there's unreliable movement to them. So you're, you've been trained by these games to like, oh, I'm going to go for the headshot because that puts them on the ground. It's the quickest way. It's a smaller area to hit, but that's going to kill them the, the fastest. And well, you'll, this game, like, and you'll just, save ammo. Yes. You'll save ammo. Yeah. Um, and, and this game is constantly just doing the animation in a certain way that I just found myself missing all the time. And this is a game that is is rec- is recognizing um, so many Resident Evil players, me included, and I think most players really are, are like this, in which you are so ultra-conservative with your ammunition, with all of your resources, that you end up at the end of the game with like enough to fuel an army, and you really should have just been using that as you went along, but the game never forced you to. And this game is cognizant of that player. This game is constantly finding ways for you to to use ammo, to lose ammo, to get hurt. And uh, especially in the first, like, five hours or so, like, you're counting bullets. Like, like mm-hmm. I got ten. Right. I'm going to run around this enemy. I've got way too much health. The game is giving constantly feeding me all sorts of health because um, the game wants me to get hurt and run away and save that ammo because you can very easily find yourself in a situation yeah. with without any. Um, yeah, it's like look and, for alternatives. Like there, you don't yes. have to do the formulaic thing that you've been doing. Um, I have small qu- things like... Um, What's that, what was the it, question before we move on oh. from this one? What are tank controls? Good ah, question. That's a good point. Uh, so, so, so tank, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Patrick. Uh, tank controls are like your whole, you, you know, your rather than like, sort of like freely looking around and moving on like a, you know, separate analog sticks. Like in order to turn a character right or left, like you're pressing right or left on the D-pad and the character is literally turning. Uh, hitting like hitting so, forward. So the, the old Resident Evil games, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, all had fixed cameras. Uh, is that mm-hmm. true for 3, too? It is true yes. for 3. Um, so like you would walk into a room, let's say you walked into this control room, up there where there is a camera, that camera would be like yeah, it's like the, the cinematic room. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. I and know hitting that. hitting up on the D pad would walk or you, or the analog stick would mm-hmm. walk your character forward, even if they were facing this way. Uh, you didn't just have I like see. direct immediate so, control where like if you hit right they went right on the screen. If you hit right they would turn to their right and then you hit it's up. It's mapped to the actual. It's a yeah. Like it's 
it's Ford it's, is Ford for the character, for the character. not for not for your not up on the screen. It's it's in the character's perspective. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. And, then, like, and, then, was, and then for aiming, it was like you would you would draw your weapon, and it would always default to forward. And, but right. then you were stuck in position, right? So it's like when you've drawn your weapon, you are in the spot that you're in. You can't just like move out of the way. You couldn't really, yeah, yeah. And so then if you needed to readjust, it was like, all right, put the weapon away. <laughs> you know, and like get, like and, literally and to, a tank, like a yeah. tank, yes. yeah, and, to, and to aim up or down. And like, Rob, you can you like, can you can uh, confirm that is how tanks work, right? That is yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, okay, yeah, all tank, yeah, okay. It's like one of the most effective techniques in early Resident Evil games was to have a shotgun, aim it in the air, and it was hilarious because you weren't aiming it at their head; you were just like. <laughs> aiming in the sky, waiting for them to get relatively close, and then firing a bullet and hoping it connects, because that would uh, quite often explode their head, and that was a, oh. a sign that you know they were immediately um, they weren't going to get back so up. Like the, yeah, 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 sure. Um, so, so in this game, they 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 both make the animation unreliable, so that you're constantly sort of missing shots, and mm-hmm. also uh, usually the way the games have worked in the in the past is that uh, when an enemy is sort of like goes down, especially a zombie, because it's the most common enemy type you're running into, they kind of go, and they fall to the ground, and they stop What was that? Moving. They go what? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, of yeah, 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 you know, common zombie uh, <laughs> uh, lore. Um, and they stop moving, and like, cool, like, that's it. Um, in previous games, like, a pool of blood would appear, and the pool of blood was the surefire sign, like, cool, they're out of, they're just gone, they're done for, like, I don't have to worry about them anymore. Um, in this game... A zombie going down is, like, no sign that they're done with. Um, you can come back into a room, and a guy you have killed will just get the fuck up again right. and start coming at you. And so what the game now encourages you to do is that rather than shoot up, you may actually want to shoot down. And the reason they you would shoot down mm-hmm. is because you can now dismember various parts right. of the zombie. Like so it actually spacey. may be you like more make useful. crawlers. Right. And so you can both make crawlers through firing with a shotgun or you have a knife. And so in previous Resident Evil games, the knife was a useless weapon. That, that, like, if you got in a situation where you're using the knife, load an old save. See, I, would, I, would, wrong. I would, like, start the game and be like, all right, for the first four hours, I'm just using the knife. I'm going to save as mm-hmm. much fucking ammo as I can. This is oh, two zombies? Fuck it. I'm going to knife them. I'll take a little damage Well, because you could yeah. swipe at them from a distance. The right exact away. distance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I got bit. Fucking reload. Yep. Come back, do that room again. Oh, wait, are there typewriter ribbons again? If you plan the hard mode. So okay. also, yeah, in, in wow. previous Resident Evil games up through, I think even RE4 had ribbons. I can't remember at this point. But it used Where, to be that you couldn't you just save? save freely. It's like you you couldn't, there, there wasn't saving and loading. Like console games did not get free saving and right, loading. Right, there were save until, points. There were save points, yeah. Yeah, there were mm-hmm. save points all, all the time. They, they, in Resident Evil, they were typewriters. And... In addition to the game, have the survival horror element of like, oh, it's I'm resource starved. In Resident Evil, it was like you're also resource starved on save points. So you may find a typewriter, but you also need to use a currency An to save ribbon. your game. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. So it may that. it was a it, it was a uh, it's not something people can really tolerate anymore. I think there is still a subtle ingenious to yeah. the ribbon system. In which something is lost in this, like I think it's fine because I think it makes the game inaccessible in a way that yep. is detrimental to more people enjoying the people's parts of the lives game. do not fit into that system. It but is if you to have the option for sure, but if you're going into it like accepting that challenge, right? Yeah, that's interesting because it it, it makes it, you just have to make such a, a calculation on like oh cool like 
I just cleared out three rooms, but did I clear out enough that I should use an ink ribbon? Like, right. it's just a really fun constraint on player behavior that is fine that it's gone, and if you want it, you play in hard mode, and then, you know, you suddenly you suddenly have that. Does that um, have, like, a hard number on it, the ink ribbons? Like, it, are there, like... It's an it's like a bullet. Like 20. You just, you've got and three there's only ever going to appear twenty yeah. in the in game. In the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the got game. Yeah. And so what you end up yeah. doing is like so again for me, I must have restarted the original I mean I, I played the original Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I was young, played it like thirteen times. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I was gonna oh, yeah. play Resident Evil this month. That's the thing I'm gonna do. Um and I got to the point where I was like, All right, uh there were there would be times when I would blow through an ink ribbon and a, create a bad save, like, I'm just gonna restart the game. Like I want all of my ink ribbons, I know where I want my saves to be. Fuck it. Like, it'll be easier for me to get back here with better equipment and, like, bet more, you know, more, yeah. more uh, ammo. And, like, especially in the early game. Like, mm-hmm. and also when you're 13 or whatever, what is five hours? You don't have <laughs> right. a job. You're not paying rent, homie. Probably. Maybe I can stay are. up till three yeah, in the morning. Homework. Exactly. I'm, I'm sleeping in until 1 p.m. I'm, anyway. I'm not going to do my homework. Yeah. I'm going to do my homework on the you know, on the bus on the way into school tomorrow. I'll raise my hand. Report. Yeah, Christopher Columbus or whatever. I'm good. Give me the spark notes. Give me like I'm good. I can do it. It's fine. I'm just going to use all the rest of the time for my shit. Which is restarting Resident restarting Evil. Restarting Resident <laughs> Evil. So that I have as much green herb as I need. You know what it is. You know what it is. Um, uh, and all that stuff is and, the same. Green herb is the same. You're mixing herbs. Yep, Natalie, all that like weird esoteric is? stuff uh, is is there. <laughs> Natalie's it's, hand uh, is up. Green herb. Oh, yep. you just you wanted to that, say green herb. Green Got herb it. in order to heal yourself. From <laughs> this is a game for me. Uh huh. I want to play it. Uh, Patrick, you got any more codes? <laughs> <laughs> you got any more of those codes? You got any, yo, you got any code? Yo, you yo. got any of those? Yo, uh, you got any code? Yo, you got any more of those? Hey man, codes? I know you just hit me up the other day, but um. You have, any, you have any code? I haven't gotten a weekly text from you in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't checked in. You haven't checked in with me. You got Listen, any Listen, Natalie, I got bad news. Uh, the rates on codes went up uh, this year. It's just, you know. What about that? Fam- but if you got some ink ribbons. What about yeah. that family friends Dude, discount? Talk. You toss me an ink ribbon. I'll keep the old price. Just one ink ribbon. That's a, that's a good, that's a fair trade. Capitalism. I didn't know. We were, I thought we were just homies, yo. Well, you know, it's not a, hmm. Wow. Like I have that. bills, too. Like we all have needs. Um, uh, two small things and one big thing, and then please. we'll move on. Two yes. small things is uh, it can be infuriating in these games to not know if you've fully cleared a room because mm-hmm. uh, in, in some survival horror games, they'll just do the sparkle thing where yeah. items that you can pick up and interact with is like, we're here. Like, come find us. Um, I appreciate that. And so what this game does uh, is rather than... Because that can kind of, especially in a game that's trying to be, like, dark and atmospheric and really tense, it would just seem, it's willing to keep the cheese of a heart key, but is wants to sacrifice that part. So the way it um, meets you in the middle is that um, in the map, when you enter a room, if you haven't discovered it, it shows up in the, in the map as black. When you have entered the room, it then becomes red, and that means you're searching. When huh. you have cleared the room and you found all the items, it's blue. If you run past an item and you just didn't see it, it will mark on the map, yo, shotgun shells, herb. Like, it'll just oh, mark it on the map okay. straight cool. up. Here, like, I there was a section, which will link into to my final big point, where, like, I just had to sprint through a couple of rooms. And when I had to come back to those rooms, it had, the game had just marked, like, herb, shotgun shells, pistol ammo. So I, I had knew there was a genuine reason to come back to get stuff that I needed. Yeah, and the game great. also recognized, like, look, you don't need to, like, scrounge in the dark looking up and down hoping that you see an X, like, button prompt come up. 
for you to find this. Like, man, we put up with some shit in the old days. I'm not trying yeah. to make this like the old heads. Resident podcast. Evil 2, the remake 2.05. Yeah. Never forget your herb. That's that's what it's called. Because <laughs> I missed a lot of herb back in the day. That's no, too I bad. think that was like that is a again like one of those things where I'm so happy to make that trade and I understand yes. what is missed. Like, I I want to be clear that I think that these are things that make it a fundamentally different game. There was a lot of this conversation around Shadow of the Colossus and the changes in the graphics uh, with that, which is a different conversation in some ways because graphics versus, like, key gameplay design stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think in both cases, the argument came that was, like, I wanted a version of this that retained what made the original so strong and, like, some of the blurriness in the Shadow of the Colossus graphics and the, the kind of ambiguity around some of the stuff. And I think here you there was, a, there was a purist who really loved that game for what it was. And I think that, you know, in my dream world, this game gets to exist and also a version of Resident Evil 2 HD. Uh, HD that is just that game running at modern resolutions with modern, you know, on a modern platforms should also exist. Isn't there an HD? That's just Not like, oh, no, I don't think so. Like, oh. if you wanted to just go play Resident Evil 2 right now, I don't know the easiest way to go do it. And I wish I did. I wish it was, like, clear in the they way, like... They haven't done compilations in a while. No, but, like, oh. I know how to go watch, like, I know how to go watch Ikaru, the Akira right. Kurosawa film that we watched as one of our first waypoints. That's a thing you could just go do, right? Like. Yeah. I don't need to go get a VHS of it. And that's not to say there aren't movies that that is true for. There are absolutely movies that did not get a DVD or Blu-ray release that are not on streaming. I think it's increasingly clear that the way streaming works and the way films get pulled off of streaming or the way that important streaming services have shut down recently, that like things are not just at our fingertips when it comes to film, but they are more so at our fingertips than games you know especially like, also yeah. to be clear resident evil 2 would be a fairly easy game to go play right now you start talking about like early ms dos games or yeah. amiga games or whatever you're fucked in a lot of cases yeah um and so it's like i wish we lived in that world too and, and, and because i think there is there is a distinction between the stuff you're describing or i wish that game was bundled with this, that would be honestly. so like, cool it would yeah. have, you know it would have been cool to be like hey like do you want to go see this for yourself um, but for but I, will say, like, I want to play the version you're talking about in my life in 2019 <laughs> that tells me I miss shotgun shells because I need those right. shotgun and I, shells. And I, I like that too. It also, it's 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 satisfying in like the Metroid sort of like exploratory way where it's like, cool, I'm done with this part. Like, yeah. I'm going to move on to the next area. It's it's very, I think it's a change that works. And they, the other small thing where I think they try and find ways to get that tension and uh, uh, that is lost by some of the other trade-offs that they're making is, for example, like in... In old Resident Evil games, rooms were discrete in which, like, if a zombie was in a room and you ran to the next room because you were losing that fight, the zombie's stuck in that room. He's he's not coming after you. There were occasional scenes You'd where... You'd see the door. You would see yeah, the like, or they, in the window. Door. Maybe, like, one would burst through a window, but it was all discrete and sort of, like, scripted, and uh, you could see where it was coming from. Now, in this game, that that is just not the case. Like, the the... the the police station, the main area that you're in, is a distinct entity in which everything is interconnected. Um, and that is true on a small scale where if you get in a fight with a zombie and you run, they're going to follow you. They won't follow you three rooms, but they will follow you to the next room. And they will start pounding on the door and you'll get a little bit of time. But eventually they're going to bust open that door and they're going to huh. come come after you. And can you so board doors it, up or anything? Or is it just so like you can't that? board doors, but you can board windows. And so huh. you will come across... Um, 
uh, uh, sort of like wood slats. That is a weird that answer, then... by the way. That is like I was like, aha! Could you? I wonder if you could board up the doors. Ha ha ha! Uh-huh. And for you to be like, no, but what you can do is board up this other thing was not an expected <laughs> answer for me. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Well, because the Sorry. doors like they don't they don't necessarily they don't like the doors never get like busted down. The doors always close, okay. and so it is keeping them discreet in a sense. Um, but but there's the a timer like, in a sense, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the and the, the win- there's there are windows that you can board up where like the, that zombie's either going to come through now or it's going to come through an hour from now whenever it like chips away at the <laughs> health of the that that window thing, which adds kind of a fun layer of suspense when you're running through an area like the, the tenth time. It's like is that the time it's going to bust through? And so the last big thing, uh, so we can move on, is like the thing that has stood out the most. Uh, is a creature called the the tyrant that people remember from the first one that turns into something called Mister X in Resident Evil 2. Um, so the tyrant in Resident Evil 1 is this big, monstrous, gigantic, ugly-looking motherfucker who then gets a suit and a face in the second one. Wait, was that They already... put him in a... Right, that was... Is that the same character? It's not the same character, is it? It's not the same character, but... Okay. It, well, they're, like, variants of, like, the virus, right? right? Okay. And the tyrant is, like, a variant, and the tyrant is, like, a big Jason Voorhees uh, sort of creature, but one that very much becomes, like, a... If Jason Voorhees had to go to a business meeting, um, and I mean honestly, like he has a top hat, he, does. he wears a suit, yeah. and he has a mask that goes over his mutilated face in order to make him look presentable, and uh, they turn it into this like nemesis creature in in Resident Evil Two. So what happens is like, yeah, what you, do you mean by nemesis creature for people so nemesis, who don't know? Nemesis this. is a creature from Resident Evil Three. Yes, who. The, the, the shtick of RE3 is that you're always being chased by this one enormous creature. Every, the whole game is defined by when you go into a new area, when is this dude going to show up and try and fuck up my day? Um, but again, it's always scripted. It's always part of the story. And what they do in RE2 with the, the tyrant, the the Mr. Yeah. X, is that he just exists in this. Once he is introduced, which happens a couple hours in, he is just always stalking you. He is just always present. And the game makes you constantly aware of that because the sound design is brilliant in which you will have, you will hear the doors open. And those aren't just like random doors, like it's a door near you or it's a, a door far from you. You will always hear the footsteps like, Dude, and fuck they'll that. be muffled. No. They'll be loud. I'm not They'll be no. soft. And, and you, what'll happen, and the music cues are tied to that. So the music will let you know, is he, Onto you as he's talking to you, the music will suddenly just like uh, amp up, and you know he's then in the room with you, or he has eye targeted you. And so, like, there'll be scenes where you'll walk into an area and like, oh, I don't think he's like, I don't think he's found me. And then all of a sudden, the music ramps up, and it's like, no, actually, he's found me. You have no idea where he is, but you can hear those footsteps. And it adds for roughly three hours. Uh, I don't remember the last time I had this much anxiety playing a horror game. I'm pretty. Uh, like desensitized to a lot of horror games because of just my sh- sheer experience with them. And I actually, two different nights, put off playing this game because, like, it's just too much. Like, there's other things I can do with my time. Like, <laughs> I don't need to deal with Mr. X. Like, because what happens is that it ends up adding a, a, an unbelievable layer of anxiety to very basic tasks. So, like, there's a puzzle sequence that I was dealing with, and all it is is just a couple of gears that you're shifting between two levels. But I would hear the footsteps the whole time and then you would go and hide behind something hoping that he didn't come in the door and then maybe he came in the door and you're hoping he just turns around and leaves because you can't kill him you can put some bullets in him and it'll stun him briefly okay 
But if he finds you, it's just over. What do you um, do? God, it looks like you, you run. I'm watching this now. Yeah, I'm we're watching, watching Claire just like shoot fucking rockets at or like uh, uh, grenades at him or like he set him on fire at one point. He just walked through that fire like Sephiroth. She's running so slow. Run. It's. I cannot <laughs> convey. Like it's hard to convey. Bro, when he walks through a door, it's the worst. Yo, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the official. I'm watching. Uh, maybe this is. I don't know who's this. Is this is this Destructoid's video? This is on the Resident Evil account. It's just called Resident Evil Two Claire gameplay for people who want to queue it up to what I said. Yo, it is one thirty-five where Claire is shooting this like zombie cop and it's like just shooting him in the chest. And then my guy, the Mr. X, bursts through the door like Kramer. And then comes around and just shoves the cop out of the way to be like, no, I have to talk to you right now about some stuff. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> this is wild looking. Jeez. It's, and it's, it's the way it keeps it uh, omnipresent. Like, it is just a, a, a burden that you are, that, like, you're trying to think of, like, oh, oh God. you know, I've cleared out these rooms. I'm going to, like, figure out, like, where in this police station I'm going to go to next. And it's, like, the whole time you just hear... Fuck that. Fuck uh, that. And I was just desperate that. for the I'm game psyched. to move on. I'm ready to play from this. this point. So how do you hide and from what do you do when he finds you? You don't, you just run. And that's and interesting too. Never... These are these are areas that you're normally being very cautious about and moving yep. sl- through slowly and like being very careful and making sure that you're clearing. You're doing like out careful headshots, like you're right. conserving your ammo. And so like there's a, like a specific sequence I had last night where he just fucking, like the Kool-Aid man, just burst through the door. He's <laughs> like, I'm here to bust open your brain. <laughs> and I, I ran, and I was in a new area. And I had like six rooms in front of me where I didn't know what was in them. Oh, no. And I just had to sprint through them. There are zombies coming at me. One gets me, put a knife in him, throw him to the ground, move on. And like, I came up to a door where I was like, if that door is locked, if that's like a heart key that I don't have, like I am well and truly fucked. Turns out it was a door, just like a latch. Open that door, run through. And the layer on top of that is that the moment uh, the game introduces, I'm not going to get into this, but a, a, a creature called the Lickers that everyone that yeah. knows Resident Evil will know. They got big ass tongues, they crawl along the ceiling. Those just start appearing. And so even when you're going back to areas that you think are relatively safe because you've cleared them out, nah, like there are then these creatures here who want to rip your head off while Jason Voorhees is, it's just a lot. And. I'm excited. I finally this is out the point in the game today, last tomorrow, night. like b- based on. Yeah. Okay. It's out tonight. You at sound midnight, I so think. tired, Patrick. I'm. I am, and I, you, I. finally got to the point. Okay. I'm r- putting my hand over my head right now as I'm speaking, but it's like it was. It was a lot. Like I have not been that shook by a horror game. I can't. So this remember. is wild to me because um, like, RE7 shook me in a way where like I didn't. I could not play that game by myself because. Mm-hmm. The in 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 the world of Dust Racist, uh, I'm afraid of clowns. I'm afraid of small towns. There is there is something positive energy that's something like I'm afraid of all frowns. Um, that's how that the rest of that bar goes. Uh, there is something about the kind of backwoods like house in the in the hills, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Devil's Rejects vibe. Just does it for you. That just frightens me because those are just people, dog. Like, that's a family, and they're fucked up. And obviously, they were fucked up in, like, a weird bioengineering yeah, yeah, yeah. way, and the, the the one had, like, bees that helped that she shot or whatever. Anyway, but but in comparison, like, weird zombies and, like, zombies, monsters that have long tongues is goofy enough for me to be like – and also, it's I grew up playing these games, right, to some degree. And right. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's a liquor, of course. 
Um, and so I'm excited for this because it's the sort of scared that I I'll still get scared. I'm still a fucking scaredy cat. It's but not like, scared. It's 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 like it's terror. It's like it's. Tense. I don't have the right words for it yeah. because whereas like, I was scared by Resident Evil Seven, like Resident Evil 7's opening five hours or whatever were scary to me, Austin Walker, in a way that is hard for me to get over by myself while playing the game. Uh, whereas just like yeah, I'm ready to be chased around by this big motherfucker. This with a is top not. Hat. This isn't scared. Like this is not under your skin. Like this got into my bones. Man. Like it, it was like a, a a level of like I like as someone that is into horror. You are desperate to find these moments again because right. they just don't come very often. And yet then when you're in them, you're like, this is fucked. Like, why do I do this? <laughs> like, this is bad. Yeah, but then sounds... when the moment passes, the adrenaline rush you get from that, it, it is truly unlike anything else I have played in a horror game in a, in a long time. Because when they do those, like, chased moments, they're just usually isolated. And this just fundament like, you're... I'm saving, man, and I. He walked in as I was. It's just. That's what Natalie looking at it's... right now. <laughs> Natalie's making some faces. Natalie, what are you looking at right now? Do you describe um, this for the speaking microphone? There is a th- creature with no skin. <laughs> yeah. And a brain and lots of ah, teeth. And. Mm. Yo, she put a grenade in there. Oh, is that bo- what that was? What no. was that? Okay. Where'd he go? That was a oh. grenade. <laughs> oh, he's still here. Okay, we're gonna stop this watching. This too scary. This too scary. I'm this excited to scary. play this game. I wish we were. I wish we could stream very easily because now I just want to make you stream this game so bad. Mm, I would do it if only on a stream. If only on a stream. Otherwise, no. <laughs> the Natalie story. If only on a stream. <laughs> if only on a stream. Um. Oh. So speaking of revivals of old games we liked when we were kids, uh, I have to talk about Ace Combat Seven briefly, at least. Uh, I'm not gonna you have to pitch Rob on Ace Combat 7 Rob, briefly, please. Rob, you need to play Ace Combat 7. Rob? In the early 2010s, OSHA, with former President Vincent Harling spearheading the effort, reached an agreement with the various Ushian nations. <laughs> Rob has just gotten up in his seat. Uh-huh. For the construction of the International Space Elevator in the Gunther region to supply energy to countries on the continent devastated by the Ulysses 1994XFOF F04 and Continental War of 2003-2005. As part of the agreement, the Ocean military and the IUN forces in the form of the aircraft and naval warships were stationed on the continent to protect the structure. The Arsenal Bird aerial warships were also developed for this purpose and deployed to the airspace surrounding the elevator. But then, in May of 2019, which I know is the future, Eurasia declared war on Oceania and seized the space elevator soon after Eurasian MQ-99 drones shipped to Oceania in shipping containers launched and attacked naval ports in Aulik, St. Hewlett, Banna City, and Ured, crippling the majority of Oceania's naval forces. Simultaneously, Eurasian bombers, Eurasian bombers attacked bases all across Oceania as far east as Fort Gray's Island. At the onset of hostilities, the Ocean Maritime Defense Force launched a strike against the Eurasian capital of Farbanti, dealing severe damage to the city, with the king of Eurasia among the casualties. Is it Eurasia? Is it... It's Eurasia. It's not UC? It's not Eurasia. No, it's Eurasia. <laughs> it's not UC. No. It's not sure? OC. No. Not Arusi? It's not Arusi. It's Eurasia. Okay. I've been playing the game. Um, it is wild to play a game where there are missions with mission brief. Like, this is going to sound silly because video games. But what happens in Ace Combat as a game is you get a bunch of cutscenes. 
And sometimes those cutscenes are about the thing that you did. And sometimes they are not. Sometimes they are about something else. A dog. Sometimes there is a princess with a dog. Y'all have seen the, the JPEG dog by now. Yes. I'm sure everyone listening. Check my Twitter if you haven't. Extremely good dog. It's an extremely um, good dog that they just decided why waste the time and money making it a 3D dog well, when we can just put this a JPEG is, in This here. is an important it's thing. Dog. It's two dogs. Certain it's two animation dogs. houses have specialties. Yes. There's things they're good at and they're used to animating. This is 100% true. And there's things yes. they just don't. This is like... Uh, yeah. At one point, a friend of the show, uh, Joel, voodoo person on Twitter, was explaining to me that like it... In like the heyday of like eighties, nineties anime, you'd have studios that would like come in, you'd contract them to like do animations for like mech interfaces and shit like that. Yes, Just like 100%. their specialty was th- it was like a Weta workshops model of places that were good at modeling different types of stuff. That, that one still yep. kind of happens. The people mm-hmm. who animate cutscenes in uh, the Ace Combat series love aircraft. And yes. like military, and they do scenes. people. They do people sometimes also, and like they do like empty garages and like settings. They do like um, you know a, a a bar with a neon sign out front and rain, and you know inside it's all smoky and like jazzy. Yeah, they do that stuff fine. But they don't dogs. Do yeah, is animate pets, no. um, which for the better. Yeah. Because this is so much better than anything else. It is. They were like the politicians, families, there's always a dog. Yep. That you have Drone to have a dog. Drone fighters. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so they were saying things they were good at. <laughs> so what are we going to do? Politicians, families, jets, not dogs. Yeah. Um, it is It is kind of like expanding what I was saying. that the The world of games has become one in which to play a game is to... Enter a world and an experience. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to Austin World. Uh, there is welcome to Jurassic Park. A certain seamlessness. All games are Jurassic Park now, right? Like seamlessness. You're here for the capital E experience. Mm-hmm. The whether you're here to see the numbers go up and have a light RPG experience, or you're here for a deep and moving story, you're in it, and you're just like. Ah yes, take me take me away, Calgon, like into the world of video games. Um, but Austin and I come from a time that reference even when they didn't put mirrors on the passenger side of vehicles and (laughs) mission (laughs) the missions had briefings, and it was like mission brief mission one, defend the president. Mission two, rescue the president. (laughs) Mission three, there is a storm and the president is in danger. (laughs) Whatever, right? Um, And going back to a game like Ace Combat Seven. It, there was actually like a hurdle for me to start the game because in my brain I was like that thing has mission briefings, like that thing's not a video. Like even when I think about something like Titanfall Two, which is a game with distinct levels, that's a game that's like you're in this thing. It's you and your buddy BT, the big robot. You're gonna have a robot fun adventure. You're in a capitally experience. Ace Combat Seven is a different type of experience. Ace Combat Seven opens with like a cutscene about a mechanic whose grandfather taught her how to build planes and they spend their whole life making a cool plane when they live in they live in a scrapyard i don't fucking know they live in a scrapyard and they spend her whole life building a plane and one day her grandfather dies which is sad and she keeps building the plane it's like up but for but but for a grand grandfather granddaughter mechanic team um and and she gets in the plane she's like i'm gonna make you proud granddad i'm gonna fly the skies like no one ever did she flies up into the air and then gets shot down what 
gets shot down and crashes immediately. immediately. Oh and then it God. cuts to you piloting a jet, or it's you in a in a mission briefing that's like the the Oshia forces are blah 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 blah. But before the mission briefing can end, you get attacked and you have to scramble the jets and defend Fort Gray or whatever. And I don't know who that woman is. That mechanic is like not in that mission. And That's she's just... not in the next mission. And I am now probably six hours in. I'm at mission 10. And finally, my character's path has finally met up with the mechanics. Um, and it's sick. It's fucking rad. There have been cut-ins from like fake CNN talking about the President Harling who's at the space elevator. And he, he the, the, oh, one space of the, elevator. There's a space elevator. Wait, is it an, built. yeah, space elevators go to space. It's just an elevator that goes all the way all to space. All the way to space. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Tight. It's, it's tight. Um, it's good for resources. I don't fucking know. <laughs> he built it as a sort of soft colonialism because mm. the group that won, there was a war back in the day and there were two major powers that came out of it. And one of them wanted to kind of colonize and take over this other continent. But to do that, what they did is they struck a deal that was like, let us build this space elevator so we could just start moving into the ground. But then the ocean monarchy came back into power and everyone loves this princess and she's there to help the people. And so she sent out the drones to save everybody. It all makes a lot of sense in play, but it doesn't. And that's why it's great. And the missions are good. And like, this is the thing that is wild. It's like you enter this space where you were just like, I fuck me up, fam. Just what do you got? You got princesses and, and experimental drones. You got a, uh, uh, an, like an ace pilot from a previous age and a JPEG dog and a JPEG dog. <laughs> that ace pilot from the previous age goes into planes and just fucks with your, with your pilots. He'll show up and just like stick behind them for a while. And you're like, why the fuck is he doing that? And this is a tiny, 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 tiny spoiler. You learn is he is still fa- is flying so that they can scan his brain and turn his brain into a drone AI. It's great. This game is outstanding. Rob, will you play it? Yes, because... The planes are cool. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, the cutscene had me from the jump because she and her grandfather were putting together what appears to be an old F-104 Starfighter, which is a yep, famous and impractical... Uh, fighter interceptor mm-hmm. that its whole job was to go down uh, to, to go into high altitude at like supersonic speeds mm-hmm. and shoot down strategic bombers. Totally impractical fighter, not a successful like weapons platform. You un- but cool as you hell. unlock that fighter. You get that fighter when you and her finally link up. You get that specific Does it fighter. Feel fast and, go- and ridiculous. No, it's garbage, Rob. Because you've been fly- because up until that point you've been flying good jets. Mm-hmm. The whole story, you've been flying good jets, and then you it unlocks this one, and you're like, I guess I'll fly this because it's new. And you're like, Ooh, this isn't good. This is impractical. Does it feel like it is fast? It is fast. There's a couple things. Does it have that good? There's a certain vibe light simulators from the 90s had where it was all like you always uh-huh. felt like Maverick and Top Gun it was all just like yes. every single thing you were Hard doing you were turns, always slamming the throttle the air brakes, yeah or yes a hundred percent dude and I, here's what I'll say that's wild super surprising to me was like I'm even getting that in the multiplayer there's a progress there's like a skill or like an unlock tree that has currency and you get the currency from doing missions or from doing multiplayer and I did like a four on four multiplayer thing yesterday that was like all of those bullshit Top Gun fantasies all of the, like, you know, honestly, like, it's a mech game, right? Like, for me, it hits a lot of those elements of being a dogfighting ace and pulling off six stunts. And the thing that it does super well is in this campaign, it puts you in outlandish situations that could only make sense in a fantasy world. You know, in a fantasy, re- in, a, in, a, in a strange real world, let's say. Uh, you do a question. Now, yeah. my other question to this is, 
Look, I'm all about ridiculous heightened cutscenes and plots. I started watching some Ace Combat 6 uh, trailers the other day. Really worried about that woman's family and her daughter that was on a field yeah. trip. Not sure how that didn't look. Yep. It looked like it was not good, whatever was happening at the it beginning It didn't go well. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, is it actually good? Like, is... Like, yeah, I think it's... I think the... the oh, go ahead. Finish no, I mean, like, actually good. in the TIE Fighter games... The way briefings yes. unfolded gave you a flavor for what it was to be an Imperial officer and what these, yes. what they saw the, in what they were doing. The mission briefings here and the and the cutscenes between stuff build a um, a story about. Uh, so, so the, the key thing is like a lot at the beginning of the game, the cutscenes are, are from a different perspective than the than the perspective you have. They are from. Um, they're often from the force that you're fighting against, right? And so you'll see these cutscenes that are about what is, you know, uh, what the motivations are for, for what are, who are going to be your enemy in the next mission that you're in. And then you fly out and you do that mission and it's sick. And like that mission might be to um, fly between enemy radar so you can be like the vanguard strike that takes out the radar so that the rest of your crew can come in. Or it could be flying into a sandstorm uh, to take out retreating enemy oil tankers so that you could get rid of the fuel supply for their huge drone army, right? Um, and so like, you're straight up flying through an actual sandstorm or you're flying into uh, a thunderstorm in a like a tropical place. It looked like Anthem. Like it was these giant, huge stone pillars and mountains that you're like just ducking between and slamming on the air brakes. And all of that stuff works really well. Um, and the actual briefings for you end up being a place where lots of character can come out. You end up doing, you end up in a position like without spoiling specific things. You end up in a in a in a position where you've lost a lot of your cred and you've lost a lot of your reputation and you're being treated like shit. Um, but you're such a good pilot that you're slowly earning it back uh, and making earning it back from a different group, basically. And a group that likes Weezer and thinks it's cool that you're still into them and thinks it's and thinks it's <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Patrick, hi Patrick. Um, the Patrick looked at us. Uh, looked up from his phone for the first time since we said the word plane. Uh, um, uh, and yeah, it works. Rob, you would, I think you would enjoy this thing. And I, there is something about the discreetness of the missions where I'm just like, I'm going to knock out two missions real quick and progress down this game that I know I'm going to have a limited time with. And that is okay. And it's good even. It's good that I'm going to put 15 hours into this thing and it will mm. be out of my life, but it will have been a very good 15 hours. You could wait and I could just send you my copy. Yeah. I just... My last question just regards yeah. the overall like political arc of the series because the series seems like d deeply yes. have like politics like there's a history At of this universe yes. like this is a game about drone warfare in a very real but way, at the same time even it, though it's also in a very silly way right it, it seems to be a game that has a great deal of sentimentality for like monarchies for instance and like you're always yeah. like what if you were in a good kingdom ruled by good wise kings and queens but with f14 tomcats. But like uh -huh. a really sentimental, like unironically, this is this appears to be a game series made by the sort of people that had pictures of monarchs on the wall of their family homes. So I think there's two things there. One is it is often metaphor for types of leadership, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, we all like Princess Leia is a princess, right? Like. Uh, we live in, in a world where our fantasy stories are often filled with kings and queens and princes. And there are times at which they are, those are apology, apologia for 
a time before democracy and our like uh, defenses of uh, overeager executives. Um, and there are times when inside of that space it is providing a shortcut for quick action because democracy is slow and making a game about fighter jets requires someone to say, yeah, we should send the fighter jets in. Um, this game, this game specifically it has not been particularly critical of the monarchy. Um, but it is, and in fact, thus far, eight or nine missions in, ten missions in, it feels a lot like the, it's a game that's more interested in the corruption of powerful military democracies um, and is absolutely kind of like this, this one good person who is the princess has seen through the machinations of the global elite. Um, and so like, yeah, I think some of that's here, but I'm going to finish playing it. And I have room in my heart for stories that have cool, smart princesses in them. Even if I'm also able to be like, eh, mm, ah, you know? Um, so yeah, well, I'll check in with me in a week when I'll have beaten this game and also kingdom hearts three and also Resident Evil 2. There's too many fucking video games. Let's take another break. Let's take another break and we're going to talk about more video games. So many. We have so many video games to talk about. I have poured myself a nice cup of hot chocolate because I've talked about the games I've played. Yummy. And now I'm interested in what other people have played. I have a cup of death in mine. Patrick just stood up, took his headphones off, and walked out of the did room. Did a lap. Just yep. Patrick. Fair. Honestly. Patrick is done. <laughs> I didn't get a warning on the start. I was still playing Wargroove. I had my <laughs> heater going. So we, we can't talk about Wargroove yet, can we? I can say that we have it. We have it. We have Wargroove. Damn. Talk about it next week. Look at those trailers. They're pretty. Sorry, that continue. I can say. Oh, shit. There's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Kingdom Hearts? So the green herb. Yes. Ariel, Ariel just showed up, the little mermaid, and Guess. Natalie said, Oh shit, there's a fish. <laughs> That's what happened. I totally forgot about Flounder. Flounder is a character. F- Flounder is a character. Flounder or fish. Sebastian always Flounder gets the fish. attention. He a fish. Sebastian gets the attention. Flounder. Okay. Okay. Flounder. More Naruto, more Sasuke. Uh, Naruto, ooh, Naruto. Naruto, sure. Sebastian, Sasuke. Sebastian's like... No, Sebastian's like a different trope. S- yeah, entirely. something else. Sebastian's like, no, no, no. That's what he says. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh-uh. All right. You're a fish. <laughs> tell me about At the Gates, Rob, please. Uh, here, okay, let me set up At the Gates. because I, I, can, I can tell you what I think. People who like me like strategy games but don't necessarily follow them as intensely as you might know. It is a 4X game, like a civilization. It is it is made by John Schaefer, who is the lead designer on Civ 5. Uh, and it is a 4X game, question mark. It's a strategy game, certainly, that takes place at... Hey, can I ask follow-up to that? Yes. Can you contextualize where does Civ 5 sit in, like... What people think of, of the Civs. Civ games. Yeah, Civ Five was, and this is again me from the outside, uh, super well liked Civ game, very successful Civ game. Um, changed the way the map and units on the map worked in a way that produced a lot of really fulfilling tactical uh, moments in a game that traditionally you kind of just threw big stacks of enemies at each other. Um, 
suddenly there was a little bit more stuff around that. I, I know it's a very well-liked Civ. I kind of fell off at Civ 4. Um, Rob, you can contextualize it a little bit better briefly, maybe? I mean, that's a decent summary. Or is that so right? So Civ 4, Civ yeah, 4 okay. was kind of the last Civilization game that was made in the mold that Sid Meier and Brian Reynolds kind of laid down in the origins of that series. Civ 4 is kind of the probably the height of that entire model and that entire design ethos. Right. And when they came to make Civ Five, they hired uh, somebody, I think, who came to them via modding. I think John Schaefer began as a modder. He had made a fantasy mod for Civ Four that was really well-loved. That was, like, about angels, I want to say, fighting Yeah, um, Fall Demons? from Heaven, was it? Fall from Heaven. Is that right? I think. Fuck. I'm not going to... We're not going to get it right. We're not going to get it right, but... We're not going to I think Fall from Heaven might right. be a different mod. Uh, you might be right, But also. the yeah. point is... John was brought in to sort of bring some fresh new ideas to civilization. He was sort of given the helm uh, and became, I think, the youngest designer for a Civ game that the series had had. And he made some major changes uh, to address what he saw as longstanding issues with the with the series. One of which being that a lot of times the military game didn't remain super interesting because you had were called like stacks of doom where just like giant right. mountains of troops would come they'd smash into your your forces and it'd be over and the other thing was bigger empires are almost always stronger in civilization games he tried to change both of those dynamics and that those two those decisions defined civ 5 it was a very popular civ it brought a lot of like a new generation of players into civ uh, i think it was most commercially the most commercially successful civilization game Divisive among Civ players for some of those very reasons. Uh, it went after a lot of familiar and beloved institutions within the series. Uh, but Civ Five worked out. Um, it released in kind of a rough state. And John stuck around, I think, almost to the first expansion. And then he departed to go indie. Right. Quick correction from before. John was a Civ 3 modder who came on and was doing QA by Civ mm -hmm. 4. Uh, the person who made Fall from Heaven was Derek, Derek Paxton, Paxton, who would go on to make Elemental and Fallen Enchantress mm -hmm. for Stardock, which the whole other can of worms, given the way that those games have gone and the way that Stardock is Stardock. Um, here's the rest of what I know. At the gates, Barbarians? Question mark? Uh, Fall of Rome. Uh, but I realized that I didn't know what this game is, even though I, like, followed the Kickstarter back in the day, because it was Kickstarted back in 2013, I want to say. And I don't really know, like, what the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is. Like, are you are you playing... I didn't know if you were playing as Rome at the Fall of Rome, if you are playing as one of the, the, the barbarian tribes at the gate, or, or what, quote-unquote, barbarian tribes at the gate. Uh, so tell me, just at high level, for a, a wide audience, what is at the gates? So... And is it And is it good? So, at the gates, uh -huh. there's there's a lot. <laughs> at the gates is a complicated topic. Uh, like from the uh -huh. beginning, you cannot. There's so much context here that I need to hit you with to, to frame this properly. When John Schaefer left left for Axis, he went to Kickstarter in the early days of Kickstarter, when new video game projects were getting massive fundraisers through Kickstarter, right and left. He pitched this game, and the idea was going to be it is a uh, 4X strategy game set around the fall of Rome. Uh, so rather than just starting with one city and sort of fanning outward and building an entire empire of cities, the idea here would be that you would be like one tribe or clan from Germany or the Eurasian steppe or something uh, 
in a time of climate change and declining right. uh, imperial presence in, uh, in the world. And you are basically trying to survive the challenges you face due to food shortages, uh, lack of resources. But you're also trying to become a new established power in your own right. And right. this was an attempt to address a lot of things that have become stale about the entire 4X model. Like, all 4X games, for the most part, are Imperial Fantasies of, hey, you start small, but then eventually you you dominate the world. This is more, you are one small group among many trying to survive in a chaotic and dynamic system. This Kickstarter was a long time ago. And it was 2013. Yeah. It was, it's funny you bring up the thing about, about um, there being the, the kind of like, it is not, part of the appeal was that it was not falling into the kind of like hyper-imperialist perspective that all 4X games were, were like, oh, the goal is to grow and expand and become the next, or to become the world's largest empire. Uh, I say that's funny because in 2015, you and I sat on a podcast and talked about at the gates as being one of the things that could help shift the 4x genre it was episode 302 of three moves ahead on the 4x genre where at the end of that podcast either you or i bring up at the gates as something that could potentially like address many of the criticisms we were making and that was four years ago yeah and it was like we thought would be imminent uh yes development did not go well and the initial release of early builds, they were not well received. And there was a growing, I think, frustration among Kickstarter backers, as you often find with like long delayed projects. What did you do with my money? You know, what like this is starting right. to feel uh, bad and we don't trust you. And John Schaefer recently published a pretty lengthy personal essay about kind of the toll it took to build this game. Uh, this game was not supposed to take this long. It wasn't supposed to take this toll. And along the way, this thing uh, took a pretty, like, inflicted some pretty serious damage on his, like, mental and physical health. And in this in this blog post, he talks about, uh, at, at one point, uh, starting to abuse, like, Adderall, uh, for instance, to try and compensate for uh, some attention issues, but also to, to just get the... Uh, focus and motivation to make progress on this fucking thing. So here we are. At the gates is out. Exists. Mm-hmm. Austin, I think this is a game that a lot of people are going to hate. I think you would yeah. like it. This oh, is this that's is nice. I'm me. Hey, I know that I'm me. Yeah, <laughs> I might like it. Wait a second. That's you. That's so me. If you look at, and and some colleagues from Three Moves Ahead have, have done some reviews, Fraser Brown was very lukewarm on it for PC Gamer, uh, TJ Hafer mm-hmm. over at IGN actively did not like the game. Uh, and both their complaints tend to center on the AI kind of, kind of falling apart in the mid to late game. When when those exciting ideas about like, when is it time to make your move on Rome? When is it time to begin right. like attacking other clans? The game begins to break down at that point. Uh, it doesn't really put up much of a fight when, when you do that. Mm. Uh, the AI tends to be incredibly passive, and it sounds like there's other glitches and bugs as, as well. Sure. On the other hand, it's a really interesting survival strategy game, Austin. 
Like, hmm. okay, I'm listening. You keep attracting new, cl- you you keep attracting new clans into your tribe, basically. Um, and they all have their own character, so uh, they have two traits, basically. Uh, you'll you'll get a you'll get a clan that is very honor and military focused, uh, but then mm-hmm. also they are gregarious or something. So you'll, you'll have situations where they want to take jobs like, like fighting, fighting wars and shit. They want to be soldiers or hunters, uh, which means they are not going to be happy if you turn them into farmers. Um, and this is, and so there's kind of this RPG element of like keeping your different clans happy and satisfied with the work they're doing. And you develop them Mm -hmm. along the way. You like, train them up in new arts and so it's not like you just send a clan out to go be a farmer you send them out to begin as like they can be foragers but later you can train them to actually raise and harvest crops yeah i'm looking at like uh i'm looking at some video footage of it right now and this person's like tribe starts with three clans one of which was uh something else and then afraid of water the second meek and afraid of water. Uh, this one was something else, and then all thumbs, paranoid and all thumbs. They don't want to be craftspeople. And the third one is like obsessive but charismatic. And like, I love. I already love the idea of like, okay, how do I manage those restraints on what how I play? One of my least favorite things about strategy games is when I start them and know exactly what I want to do. Like. I don't. I want to develop my strategy based on what's available to me, and I want to feel both constrained and emboldened based on what uh, what those restraints are and what abilities I have because of either resources around me or because of characters who are who work with me or elements of my my squad or whatever it is. It's why I end up even liking games like Stellaris more than something like Endless Space because in Endless Space I end up going like, "Okay, I'm playing as the big the crime space family. I know how to play the crime space family. My opening is going to be the same basically every time because I'm going to look for the right planets to colonize and blah blah blah." Um, whereas in something like Stellaris, even though I might have a key belief that like, oh, this is what my my the technologies I want to research are, I don't fucking know what's around me. I don't know what events I'm going to trigger. I don't know what like there's there's some degree of like question marks around some of that stuff. What I might wander into. So more of that. And obviously, at the very 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 far end of this is something that that barely looks like a strategy game at all. Um, and it's like pure reaction or like, or no, I actually go the other way where it's like, it doesn't look like a strategy game in terms of there being a map and units, but mm. it's still strategy. And so for me, that is, um, six ages, which just came out last year, did a really great job of this. And that is the sequel to King of Dragon Pass where it's like, is this a strategy game? Yeah, but it's all text-based and I'm dealing with like 12 characters who all have different opinions about stuff and I am managing resources, but it's not it doesn't look and play that way. I, and I definitely can't prepare a game plan outside of sort of, I can, I can work in a strategy layer more than a tactical layer, if that makes sense. And this mm-hmm. has kind of a nice, like King of Dragon Pass aesthetic. Uh, it's a very okay. pretty game. And the other wrinkle here is that you're only ever going to have one settlement. And so the oh, game really? is not, that's already super. Yeah. You're not establishing multiple cities. You are setting up camp somewhere, and you are cultivating the land around you and extracting resources for as long as that is viable. But until until you get some pretty late game techs, most of your resource gathering operations are fundamentally extractive. They're not renewable. 
And so right, you're not farming. Right, you're you're kind of going around and grabbing what you can from trees, and you're mining out some stuff. But you're not like yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah, like I gotcha. If you if you're taking lumber out of a forest, that forest is eventually going to run out of lumber. It's going like you are consuming the resources around you. So you need to be scouting out where's the next place you're going to move. Where is the next? Where is the next place to run to? Uh, you'll be able to set up for right. longer and tech up because if you're moving around too often, you're always going to be in that sort of subsistence mode. Um, and this stuff is—it feels really good, Austin. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of little um, supply chain things you need to think about. Do I have the necessary inputs? to make the best use of this new technology. Well, can I produce uh, like tool makers given that I, is that worth it? Given how much, how limited my iron supply is? Is that, is that something I should and have? And the fact that this clan just does not want to make tools. Right. And we'll be right. upset so about it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shit that like is really satisfying to think about and micromanage. And so right now I'm at this phase of the game where I'm actually really enjoying the tinkering survival aspect of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. However, that it has seems... a very exploitable oh. economy. A caravan okay. comes through once in a while full of goods you can just buy, uh, sort of intermediate goods. And apparently, like right now, the economics are a little screwy, and it's very easy to just yeah. buy what you need. Should I just wait? What you're, what, the, the thing you're basically saying is this will be... I'm not saying that. Do you feel like... Because here's, oh. here's my worry. This game needed to come out, and it's been years and years and years. This has been in development for ages. Is this a game, after after six, seven years, is this a game where, oh, we'll check back in a year, it's probably going to be really good? I don't know that. I'm also not sure, yeah. disclosure here, I'm friendly with John Schaefer. I've known him now for, again, like the better part of a decade. Uh, I ran into him at various stages uh, you know, along this journey, and I got the, the narrowest glimpse into kind of the, the stress and toll this, this game was taking. And so there's, there's part of me that looks at this as sometimes a thing just needs to exist so you can move on from it. Yeah. PhD theses. Yep. Uh, like yeah. your, your great first good, novel right. that you just, or, or, or your worst, your second novel, right? You just need to finish it and move on. And I'm looking at this and I look at it and I think, yeah, a lot of these flaws seem fixable. There's so many cool ideas here. There's so much here that I like. It's a Euro inf- Euro board game influenced uh, take on the 4X. It looks great. There's a ton of things I love here. And maybe it could be made into a great game down the road with patches. This is one of those real, like, rubber meets the road. Like, is that what is best for the creator in this case? And is yeah. this game... Are these flaws fixable given how long it took to bring it to this point? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, where I'm at right now is I'm really enjoying the, the tiny loop of raising my clan and running from worsening winters and, and extracting more resources. Um, and I'm okay engaging with it on those terms. It does sort of seem like everyone I've talked to the game goes over a cliff and you begin to see the exploits and you can't unsee them. Right. And I worry about that. So I, so, okay. So the counter argument for me then is maybe I should download this game and play it, not look at any forms, not look at any guides, just let it wash over me and hope that I don't see how to exploit it and break it and just kind of have a good weekend with it. 
That seems yeah. all right. Those games are allowed to exist. Not every game needs to be that capital E experience that's, that I play forever, which is like Civ is one of those games for people. Civ is a lifestyle. Like I think about Alex Navarro, who's probably put 1,200 hours into, into Civ Five. Um, and so that is, that is like, I get that that's how Civ works for people. So, um, I hope, I hope John bounces back from this and I, John's at Paradox now, right? No. Or was uh, for a He while? went to Paradox, he Paradox briefly anymore? and then departed. Okay. Uh, he was, well, I hope yeah. things for all, for everyone in the world is better <laughs> in general, but in this case, especially for John Schaefer. We should we should keep moving, R- Rob. Real quick though, I know you killed some bugs. Well, I w- you squashed yeah. some bugs. I more was the bug. Oh, you are a bu- right. That's a bug yeah. game. That's you're a, game a where bug. You're- Rob's acne is a bug. Uh, yeah. Patrick's looking at you as if to say, "Are you a bug?" I I am a leader of the Tyranid Swarm, uh, which is you know basically <laughs> the void given form. And Great. Uh, I Good. began the work of extinguishing all life, but particularly Imperial life, uh, on the planet of Gladius Prime in uh, Great. in Warhammer 40k. This title always destroys me. It is the it is such a title. Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War. The new expansion is called Tyranids. Great. Wait, oh. Patrick, uh-huh. Warhammer 40k. Okay. Did you get it Gladius. Down? 40 40,000. Yep. Yeah. What's the That's Gladius the planet part? you're on? That's the name of the game. That's the actual name of the game. Gladius So is... Warhammer 40k Gladius is the base. Gladius game. Relics of War. Like Gla- <laughs> <laughs> So but how did It's from Do we... it, It's the is it pos- possessive like the the Relics of War of Gladius? Or it's like Warhammer 40k Colin, Gladius, Gladius. Like Relics of War. Gladius Colin, hyphen Relics of, Relics of War. Hyphen? Okay. <laughs> they put a hyphen, hyphen in Relics of War, colon, Tyranids. <laughs> colon, hyphen, colon. Look, yeah. there's, there's a price to be paid when you deal with Games Workshop properties. <laughs> you have yeah. to pay the This is the toll the ferryman extracts. Uh, so this is another game that is attempting to basically carve out part of the 4X experience. This is, hey, this is 40K. Diplomacy doesn't happen in 40K. You don't, space marines don't like make treaties with the orcs. Space marines commit genocide, like right and left, including on other humans and other space marines. That is why it's fun yeah. yeah uh they also boy has the whole space marine aesthetic of like giant armored cathedrals and shit changed ever since like neo reactionaries began reactionaries began creating uh-huh. accounts that like took pictures of like neoclassical architecture and being like this is we used to have buildings that looked like this and now they look like this and it's like a picture of like a brutalist library in peoria or something like that oh my uh God. anyway point is this is a lot like what if Civ Five had no diplomacy and barely any uh, like empire management mechanics and was all about the combat, all about just so it's just a combat. It's basically just a gigantic war game. Yes, Tactics it, it game. plays like an RTS but turn based. Huh. Yeah, that's an interesting. It plays a lot like an RTS but turn based, and is it good? It is. It's oh. I thought this was going the other no, direction. 
This is the I've played a lot of 40k games in my day. This is and they're bad. Yeah, mostly. this one's because there are thousands. This one seems like it should be bad. Forty. It's kind <laughs> of good. Okay. It's not great, but it gets at a lot of things you want from a 40k game, which is sort of the satisfying interaction of different unit types. Uh, and sort okay. of using combined arms tactics across different terrains and uh, getting all that ridiculous t- uh, Warhammer nonsense to come join you on this planet and beat the shit out of other people. Uh, and the, the Tyranids, the new expansion, and they're all just a giant hive swarm uh, that consume the biomass of the planet. Right. They're the Zerg. This is the thing people don't know about Warhammer 40k. Or they do know now. That's This is old hat, right? People understand that StarCraft Stole the Zerg is just the Warhammer. Team. And that Blizzard just, and likewise with Warhammer or with Warcraft, is just like Warhammer fantasy down to the British orcs. Like, that's all just. But possibly with shit. even more racially problematic elements. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, yeah, that's true. What if, what if trolls were Jamaican? What if trolls were Jamaican? Why? Jamaican me laugh. <laughs> oh, my. That's, that's why. That's what Blizzard does. Oh yeah, Blizzard. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Warhammer was. Warhammer no, doesn't. Is worse. See, Warhammer oh, yeah. doesn't have Bl- that sense of humor. Warhammer isn't like, oh, what if they like doesn't really function that way. The orcs are more just soccer hooligans. That's kind of their aesthetic. Yeah, they are soccer hooligans. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Blizzard was like, we need to brighten this up and make it funny. So here's West Indian uh, trolls. That happened this year. My guy stood on stage to announce the new Hearthstone expansion. And put on a fake Jamaican accent, put on his fake patois, and it was the worst. That happened this year. No one talked about it because everyone was mad about that Diablo mobile game. Oh, you mean 2018? 2018, sorry. not the, Well, in the last 365 yes, days. Yes, yes, Anyway, people should go watch that when clip. I didn't bad. even know that because of the fucking Diablo show. Yeah. Um, so it's like a good for it's like a good military focused. It is, and the Tyranids have some in... cool dynamics. Austin, there's some cool faction specific stuff with each with each faction. Yeah, but like, that makes sense. The Tyranids, the um, you can't send your armies out without like control units around them, or else they begin to lose their like huh. telepathic connection to the hive, and so you need cool. like Tyranid generals out there to be sort of in the middle of the swarm, keeping order. Um, or else units just begin to weaken and die because they're cut off from the voice of the swarm, basically. Cool. I, I, I'm i going to wait until they add some more factions to this thing because this, this is what's going to happen, right? They're just going to keep releasing new 40k factions for They've gone pretty Gladius slowly. Over the next... This is, like, okay. I understand the hesitation of, oh, this is going to be like a DLC-driven like model. That is my hesitation. Gladius yeah. came out a while ago. Tyranids is a very okay. meaty DLC, I would I would say. So uh, I actually don't think it's one of those things where, oh, wait until they have are bundling together bunches of DLC. Uh, the way that I did with, like, Dawn of yeah, War. Yeah, they're putting a little more thought into it than okay. that, I would say. All right. All right. I'm, I'm, how, so how can you put a game that has the subtitle Relics of War when there's already a 40K game called Dawn of War? That feels like you have to stay away. Also, the game is already called Warhammer. You can't put war somewhere else in the title. War is already in the title. Warhammer, 40 war, glorious, war, Drinking a 40 with Morpheus in a death basket. People should go watch that clip. All right. Um, We're going to keep moving, Rob, because it's late. What's up? What's up, Patrick? He liked my tweet. No! Liked your tweet. (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what was... <laughs> In the time that we started this podcast, <laughs> in the time that we started this Wait, podcast, we watched the, the tweet. Movie. You said we watched you a movie. To no, no, this is uh, my my uh, rivers will never listen to this podcast. My private rivers thoughts can be here. My public rivers thoughts are are far different. Private rivers. When the eye thoughts. of Sauron is 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 looking at me, I Patrick I will, is compromised. I will caveat. Yeah. I am. I am. I am. I'm fully compromised, and I am. I am loving willing it. to engage it. I all all I wrote was. Sorry, I need to listen to, and I added him. Uh, uh, Rivers Cuomo saying, no scrubs a few dozen more times before I can properly get my thoughts together. And then I responded, no, you do not. <laughs> Did he like that? Let's see. There are 61 likes on yours. Is Rivers one of he them? He could be on the chain. <laughs> I don't think he's on the chain. He, he ain't reading replies. He's just seeing mentions. He's nope. just seeing his mentions, yeah. I took him off the reply. Did you good? See, that's that's good. Oh. Because I'm good. I, I'm not going to go. fucking drag him. I am him. going I'll drag to him pour here. some fuel on this fire and I him. dragged him and that's when he Okay, good. You oh, at him. At him, yes. <laughs> at him, yeah. please. Um, at him from Waypoint. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Rivers Cuomo go on go on Waypoint. Um Natalie, you've been playing a game that's about building stuff and you know, society and compromise. And, and compromise and compromise. I mean we skipped a thing that was about compromise before that's gonna tie into this and I realized we just like forgot what? it. I think about Resident Evil 2 that we just completely forgot. What did we forget? Uh, the the fact that like the voice acting is is uh, scab voice acting. They didn't go with union actors for question mark question mark question mark reasons. Yeah, it's unclear because it wasn't. Um, so like Life is Strange, um, you know, ran into the issue because they're like, yo, we want to hit our production timeline, so we're just gonna go find people that were getting to. And that was Life is Strange, uh, the, the um, prequel, the prequel, beyond um, before the storm, before the yes. storm, beyond the beyond the storm, that's beyond the, you know, be Warhammer forty thousand <laughs> Relicia, be- beyond the storm, chaos edition, it's Arcadia, Arcadia Bay, please, Arcadia, Chloe whatever. Is here. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chloe is here. Uh, yeah, like because like the, 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 the whole of it is a line from uh, the original, I believe, voice actress who did uh, Claire Redfield, who says like. Uh, Someone asked, like, why aren't you coming back? They're like, I don't know. They went with some non-union folk. And uh, it, like, wasn't because the production ran up against the, the sag after strike that was happening. They just went with non-union uh, voices. And we it's not super clear why. I mean, it's shitty regardless yeah, it's... of, you know, like, where, where it ends up. But it's um, strangely, yeah, we should have we – Gotten that? We very, I was distracted by yeah. Mr. X. I, I I watched that Mr. X footage with and just got consumed. Yeah. What's the thing with Mr. X when um, Mr. X? No, who's Mr. X? In there's superheroes. Racer X. Mr. X like He's Charles Xavier? Professor Xavier. Professor Xavier. Professor Xavier. His name What's is, the group? The X Men. X Men. Oh X-Men? right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is an X Man. <laughs> We've been going that was for a not long a bit. Time. I forgot what been for I've been thinking this whole time since you first said <laughs> Mr. X, X what the name of the X Men were this entire time. Thank you for helping me. Always. Also, I, Austin, I recognize the thank you. you did thank before. You. We don't need to go we don't into, need to go into it, into but it. I, I appreciate Kato I and you. That's it. good. Natalie, tell me about your time at Portia. Portia? I'm going to say Portia. Okay. It could be Portia first. My time at Portia. At my time at Portia. 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 I think that's the car. Oh my god. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the energy is back. 
We watched a fish fuck a lady on that screen a we little did. while ago. We did. We did. There was a f- lady in the water. Lady in the water. Was there was no, a behind no, the scenes. That's, that's what the fish was about. That was Little that's Mermaid. What the fish that's was what the fish about. was about. No, no, we were just trying to t- tie it into what we talk about. Anyway. But there was a behind-the-scenes lady in the water. Wait, what was it? Lady shape of shape of the water. Shape lady of in the water. water. <laughs> lady in the water is the M Night Shyamalan thing. No one is. <laughs> this is what the guy who is the, Rob is the one strong arm. Now the further into a movie that I don't recognize, but I only know the name of because it popped up on the screen <laughs> called The Losers is on. Yeah, it looks bad. It looks really it looks bad. Super bad, Rob. Anyway. Can you make me a drink? <laughs> Rob, can you make me a drink? Can I have a drink too, please? <laughs> Rob, can you just, yeah, Kato would love one also. Just come through, honestly. My time at Porsche. My time at Porsche. First, I want to say yeah. up front that there is some drama about what's going on with voice acting with my time at Porsche at, as well. Basically, okay, so my time at Porsche originally came out on early, a- or there was an alpha. There was an alpha version before which uh, came out two years ago, June 28th, 2017. Um, And that's on Itch.io, and it was also on Steam, I believe. And then they came out with an early access in January of last year, 2018. And now it's finally been full released uh, as of January 15th this year. So apparently i started playing this game a few days ago probably at the beginning of the week and then i found a tweet in which somebody said pay your voice actor like retweeted a tweet from my time at porsche and said pay your voice actors and i was like huh Mm -hmm. what's happening so i did a little digging and it seems like it's it's bad and strange so they released a statement uh, they like there was like a third person a third party came onto their steam forum threads and said like that voice actors were not being paid and then um uh my time at porsche like or the studio that um made it uh pathia responded and said like we are trying our best to to pay everyone back and then they and then they posted something on um the 22nd of this year saying like a little bit more information basically when they first started their their explanation for why they haven't paid their voice actors or like why that like some people have been paid and some people haven't is because and this is a quote um so what went wrong obviously something isn't right past disconnection and difficulty in communication and lack of clarity and explanation we are still an inexperienced and ambitious studio and did not have a solid structure in place to maintain adequate links to our actors and maintenance thereof and this caused several issues it started from volunteer work to paid work and then to contracted work from 11 voice actors to 60 plus um why didn't this work with our initial casting we outlined an initial pay along with additional pay once the game was completed Everyone who auditioned at that time agreed to this or they should not have auditioned. Those who auditioned and were accepted received that pay and would receive the final pay on completion of the game. Um, then they talk about the thread that was posted declaring that state, declaring that actors were not being paid. And, in, and then they say, 
So we decided that periodic p- payment would be a better course of action than what we had plotted prior. Uh, Did they clear that with the actors in question? Unclear. Okay. Everything is unclear. So this is just is super fucking messy. Um, they were like replying to people on Twitter, like if you know any voice actors who are, have not been paid, please let get them in touch with <laughs> Dude. us. Dude, don't you have a fucking spreadsheet? Dude. The show it's like, bad. Like it's it seems like that is some that is some like. Hey, yeah, if you brought over, like, beer last weekend and I didn't hit you back, um, just, like, shoot me a message real quick. I'll Venmo you. You can't do that. You're making a game, and it's a game that's been super successful. It's been on, like, the top ten of Steam all week. And saying that, like, you're an inexperienced studio is... Like one of the worst. What's well, like? I, there are inexper- inexperienced studios who don't know how to do this stuff, and it is frustrating because it is. I want there to be more inexperienced studios mm-hmm. in the world that are successful because it, mm-hmm. that is a, a healthy sign for any medium that young new uh, creators are entering the field. That is a good thing for it. But this is one of those things where like scope has to match reality. Mm-hmm. And if you do not have the payment systems in place to adequately track and pay people who do work for you, then you should not be contracting that sort of work. Yeah, it seems like they like don't know, like they've like lost track of who they've like had do voice over in this game. Is this a situation where it was like, someone was in charge of that thing and that one person dropped the ball and didn't have paperwork like who could say who could say um uh, also what, there's a note where it's, uh, there's an additional thing worth worth, worth ta- talking about here briefly at least which is that the voice actors were all paid between like 50 and 100 bucks was one of the things that came out of mm-hmm. this also mm-hmm. or at least that was uh, reportedly 50 50 to 100 dollars on for, pc gamer on, right on pc gamer uh you know i don't know if that 50 to 100 comes from pc gamers reporting or if that was just that was yes. So Pathia actually responded to that thread back in October, acknowledging this is this is now from PC Gamer, acknowledging that it paid voice actors fifty to one hundred bucks, and there had been some miscommunication. Uh, this is for me one of those instances where it's like very clear that we should be talking about some system of residual payments, whether that is royalties or whether that is bonuses or whether that is actually like having a, a clear residual payment schedule. Mm-hmm. For things that become very successful. Like, obviously, you don't know if a game is going to become very successful. And it's one of the reasons why that type of uh, payment structure can really benefit people who create... This is like... We've talked about this with the Bloomhouse model before, right? Where, like, hey, our budget is low. Your upfront pay is going to be lower. But mm-hmm. if you agree, like, there, and there's a chance that this thing fucking hits, then you'll get paid on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is one of those things that were was part of the big last SAG-AFTRA contract negotiation that they did not successfully get. And that would really make a lot of these things like uh, be studios like this could theoretically start working with union actors because they could be paying them like uh, what the rate the day rate is up front without going deep into into you know whatever someone's personal uh, uh, wages and then get them on the back end with with a percentage and like. Mm-hmm. It is one of those things that has become, especially when something blows up in this big way. Yeah. We, we've had these conversations before when it comes to huge games around things like Red, the first Red Dead, and uh, uh, who's who was it? Who was it that was like? Oh, uh, Nico's voice actor, right? When GTA Four mm-hmm. hit, um, was like, I'm I'm not getting any residuals on the biggest game in the world. This fucking sucks. Um, I, it's it's just one of those. It's another example where like we need to be having those conversations yeah. and reopening those old debates. Yeah. And here's the other thing. None of the voice acting is in the game yet. Sick. 
So <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? There is zero voiceover. Oh, wait, it's in, 1.0, right? It's out of early access? It's out of early access. It's officially been released and there is zero voice acting in the game. And so what? they I think I could be I, I correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Austin is falling over. No, Austin is doing the meme. <laughs> I was also. I know. Both. I know. <laughs> um, the, they, I think what they said is that they want to get all their voice acting stuff sorted out before they start implementing VO into the game. Uh, yeah, Professor, I'm definitely want to get you the paper. I just got to get all of them done out at the same time. I'm gonna. I want to submit them all on the same day. So if I could just have till Friday, that would be sick. There is no, as far as I know, there's no timeline as to when voice acting is or voiceover is I going mean, to enter. The hopefully, game. they pay people first and foremost. Yes, yes. So honestly, I am kind of. I it sits better with me that there's not people's voices being used that haven't been paid sure. yet. Yeah. Um. That's that's. 100% I'd rather right. play that game than uh, than uh the game with with the voice acting. Um. But to talk about the game. Yeah. It is interesting. It is uh, made by uh, Pathia, and I think this is only their second game. I think they've had one before this. They have a. They have. Um, they're headquartered in uh, in China. I forget which city. Um, and uh, they also have a headquarters in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, oh, they made Planet Explorers. Yeah, played Planet this, Explorers. I played this game from them. The last one, Planet Explorers. Which was like a sci-fi crafting Minecrafty thing that was, yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. had some ideas. There was a cool hang glider. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see it now. I see the connection because that was a game that was like hyper ambitious, and there was just like put more systems in it. Put and then I every time I turn around and see you playing this at your desk, it is like you are in a fight with somebody or yeah, you're riding so, like. <laughs> so when I first started the game, you're not really given a lot of you're kind of just like let loose. It's like a 3D Stardew it's looking like, thing, It's right? a 3D Stardew looking thing. It, fe- it like the movement and like the way you like walk around almost feels like a, a wow like okay, feel. Like an, like, like an MMO vibe where there's like a bunch of characters all walking around you all the time and like there's like, you know, all these houses that you like go into and then the, the stores are like located inside or whatever. But when I first started, I just went up to someone and was like, it was like the options were talk, gift, rock, paper, scissors, or spar. And I was like, <laughs> and the first person I talked to was this fucking guy named Gust or Rust or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember. Gusty or Rusty. And he was the fucking worst. He was like, I don't have time for you. What was he wearing? What He was, had like long blonde hair. Yeah, okay. He was wearing a suit. And he's the mayor's son. And I already was like, fuck this guy, 100%. And I was like, I'm going to fight him. And I was level one, and he was level 23. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you started this. Just got a round up. So, and and then I up. just started sparring him. And I was like in a, in a fucking fight circle. And I'm just like 
punch, punch, punch. And I'm like dodging all of his hits or whatever. Or because I'm punching him so fast, like he's not hitting me. And then he takes like one swipe and, and I'm dead. The fuck out. I love this trailer for this game because if you go to any second in it, you could think this is a different game. Exactly. Because like there is weird, like it almost looks like a 2D fighting game sideways view of this sparring. You jump ahead a few seconds and there is like a horse, a race. horse race that has a stamina bar. Like it looks like it's out of Breath of the Wild. Then there's some fucking ghosts floating around. Then there's some sort of first person shooting and then there's like a big hot pot hot pot that you're throwing food into and then it's the sims for a little bit and then at the back end it is straight up there is a big like rat king who's holding a sword and then a robot like what is this game so what are you actually doing so it takes place the context of the game is it takes place in like a post-apocalyptic world another one (laughs) and uh okay so you inherit your pa's farm or workshop, workshop, workshop. You, like, move to this town. You're 17, I think. Somebody, like, came up to me and was like, what the fuck do you know? You're 17. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? Like, didn't say what the fuck. You were but born in also, 2000 also, yeah, obviously. Also, so. obviously. So I'm uh, turning 19 this year. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm, congrats. Um, also, you can romance people. So, so, so. You get to your pause workshop. You're, like, taking over. You're doing tasks for people. Like, typical... Harvest Moon, like Stardew Harvest Valley Moon type. type shit. Okay. Um, there's like an abandoned mine. Which what was that game that you and Rob played during the the where you like were in the th- Battle of Civilizations? No, when you were in a mine and you were like hitting rocks and there was like rocks and Minecraft. oh no, you're thinking no, no. that wasn't that was Joel and Austin. Uh, that was ro- uh, Rock and Stone, bro. Was that? What the fuck are y'all talking on, about? On Voters Day stream. Rock and, rock and oh, Deep, Black, Deep Rock Galactic. Deep Rock Galactic. Yes. Deep Rock Galactic. Yes. yes. So the mining is a lot like that in which you you enter these like abandoned ruins and you're just in this huge fucking rock room and you have a jetpack and a little pickaxe and you just dot, 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 okay. dot. What is this game? Okay. I don't know how to explain it to you other than this. You, you... I don't know. I don't. What are you encouraged to do? Like, like is there, doing like tasks. My first so, task. Okay. Okay. The first yes, thing they perfect. told me to do is to build a bridge, um, to okay. go to the island, which is like some. I like need five different types of of workshop. Basically, like a crafting challenge. Before I can even start there, it's like a crafting challenge, but like, and to get it's that like stuff, in you six, of- it's like in six levels from now. Is so it's fun? like giving you the end okay. thing. Here's what's fun. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I am still, I'm just, okay. Also, there is, okay, this game is so fucking much. We've got to focus. Okay. I know, I'm sorry. This game has a church versus science debate okay, at the core what? of its plot line <laughs> in which the church... Which side are you on? I haven't decided yet. Okay, so you get a choice. That's good. You get a choice. You can give... Okay, so when you go to the mines, you get these things called data disks, which... <laughs> <laughs> Am I in the Kingdom Hearts what podcast? What is happening? <laughs> Are you just making? Natalie, I swear to God, 
if you no ever... one else has played this game. No one else has played this game. You don't have to I, make stuff I'm up not, just to fit in on I'm the podcast. Not, I'm not. I'm really not making stuff up. When you are in the mines, you have a scanner. And when you scan something, there's a little yellow dot, and you have to dig, 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 and then you get it, and it's a data disc, and it's really just a CD. Okay. Which is a data disc. It's a disc. CD. Yeah. It's a data it's a disc. Data disc. It it's a CD. It. When you run into the Church of Light minister, yeah. he says... Um, I have screenshots, but they're on my other computer. I believe you. Um, yeah, I believe you. He are. says that we cannot go back to the times before in which technolo- we de- just developed technology so fast and it ruined Damn. us all and technology's evil and, uh, you know, uh, give me all the data disks <gasps> so that <laughs> we never have a f- and I will destroy them. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. He's like, exchange I for just, that, I, I, I will only give you green technology. And green technology, you might wonder, what is that? What is <laughs> it's just seeds. Okay. <laughs> so It's post-apocalyptic. This is that was the Green New Deal? Final Fantasy X sequel you're describing. I fucking love this. I'm going to play. The, I fix. Pay your workers so now, I can play this game. The research lab, there is someone named Merlin. <laughs> oh, Wait, wait, there's someone named Merlin. There's someone named Merlin. Someone? I tried to talk to them. They were like, fuck off. What's he wearing? Uh, Looks like a wizard, but was doing science. So very confused. It's post-apocalyptic. Um, Then I talked to Merlin's partner, and Merlin's partner wait. was like, yo, give Part- me How all do you the mean data partner? disks. Question, partner, like... Just, I don't know what their relationship okay, is. Okay, you can it, date Working them? in the same lab. Don't Maybe know yet. Poly. Nobody. Maybe poly. Who could say? Nobody has told me who I can date yet, except you one can have guy. Kids in this game, There's, right? You can have kids. There's one guy who always comes up to me and is like, "You're not taking advantage of dating. It's a great night you to date." You always got girls. that one friend. I hate like Twitter just so like, much. <laughs> you just need to get out there. It's great. I don't understand why you make such a big deal out of this. It's don't you it's get lonely? So much. There's there's a guy named Oaks who was raised by a bear. Okay. Um. And basically, so <laughs> yes, when you go basically. to the research lab, <laughs> yeah, can we get back to basics? Basically, when you go to the research lab, they say, "Oh, that's the girl from the research lab." Okay, that- I'm gonna hide my screen okay. so that Natalie can't look at it anymore. When you go to the research lab, Who's they're that like, "None, Austin, you can't, anyway, you can't be that. like focus." I'm hiding my screen so Natalie doesn't get distracted, and then like a goldfish. There was a cute nun. There was a cute nun. Random- she's playing the piano. Go oh ahead. yeah, she's really cute. She's friends with the minister. Um, They're always together. (laughs) Yeah, I bet they are. Um, So the research person says, like, give me the data disk and I'll help you develop technology for your farm. Uh And then I looked it up because I was like, all right, which way do I go? What is the better way? You want to spoil my time at Porsche for people? uh, I mean, it's about efficiency. But I won't spoil it. But basically what she gives you is like, workshop upgrades okay. like to like do more things Science at the workshop stuff. do like have a better civil cutter or have a better um uh workbench or whatever the fuck sure um yeah so this game hmm i don't know <laughs> why you don't it is know why it is what it is but i'm gonna keep playing it because i want to get to something um, there was, uh, ooh, there's a lot of bad in it, 
is what I'll say. Okay. There was like we just describing life. Yeah, that's the thing. It does feel like to me a little bit, which is like again speaks to the ambition of what this project is, where it feels like they threw a bunch of shit on the wall to see what stuck, and then and they then they were just at all of it, all of it, all of it, just scooped all the spaghetti off and just like threw it in a pot and didn't really Blah. consider it. Um. There's like I the, the most recent like story thing that happened for me is I got a letter. You get like letters yeah. to your mailbox. That happens in these games. And that happens in yeah. these games. And the the mayor hit me up and was like, "Yo, um, Sanwa had used to be the barber, and he was pretty bad at it because he like they said he was." God, this is bad. This is like actually bad, and I don't like think it's good at all. He was like, he was bad at being a barber, but it brought him happiness. But he was bad at it because he was colorblind. And then you go to San, and and then it doesn't tell you what to do. That's not how hair. That's not how hair works, first of all. And then I just didn't understand what I was supposed to do with this information. And then it was like, hope Sanwa can get over it and start being a barber again because this town really needs a barber. And I'm like, okay. And then I run into San Juan and he's like, yeah, I know you heard from the mayor. I'm never going back. And then I talked to him again and he was like, good day for fishing. And I was like, <laughs> so, okay, what is happening on. in this game? Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah. the thing that has begun to take shape and outline from all of this description, it sounds to me like this is fucked up Animal Crossing. It's like, yeah, it yeah it's, it's like fucked up. Is that why it's doing so well? It's fucked up like Harvest Moon, okay. I would say more, because it's you because you're like building a farm, you're building a workshop, you like it's got that same focus on like the distance it's got the same focus on like minutiae and like quotidian tasks, yes. but is also yes. then trying like to weave in the and big ideas of like There's also mon yeah, like uh, like there's monsters, there's like l- like you know, that kind of thing. Um there's uh, I also there's a the map is huge. I've only explored the starting area and there's like a lot left. So I just don't understand there's a lot of like bad stereotypes in this game. There's a lot of um um and it's unclear like what the progression is. You're like given you're allowed to like do these like uh commerce commissions where you like go to the town. Also there's like an economy in which uh, like prices of things are raised on certain days yeah, where sure. they're like plus, you know, there's so many. This different... feels so much like a single player MMO to me in yes. that like there is some sort of core verbs that you have, but mostly you're what you're supposed to be getting is like, okay, now I'm going to do the storyline with the barber. Now I'm going to do the, whatever. but I don't even know that there is no, like that it's, it w- didn't even give me like a quest like that. Right. It just gave me like a dump, like literally like two <laughs> pages of information about San Juan. And then, and then I went and talked to him and that's it. Right. And then I don't know what You're else supposed I'm to supposed to do. Kenshin. There's like no, well, I can play him in, after that I played him in fucking rock, paper, scissors and okay. I won. And then Great. we got some plus relationship points. So I just, this game is a lot um, I'm gonna keep playing it because I want to see what it does. Like, it's n- reviewing super well in in on the Steam review situation, and I don't. I, yeah. How I don't know how. I'll, I'll say like I like it's. 
I like the mining because I think it's an interesting way to do mining. I like the fishing. The fishing is like you kind of like have to follow the fish with a little with, with your, your mouse. mouse. Yeah, okay. with your mouse. And then you like slowly pull it in. But you can't. It's not just like a timing thing. Um, so that's like cool. It's it just it feels very more is more. It feels like it is. Yeah, definitely more is and more. And again, like there was a time in my life when that was all I wanted, which is like give me the biggest game that has everything in it, please. Yeah. Um. So I'm not really. I'm. I'm not sure how to get good at this game. Is what I'll say. Like I'm not sure, like what path is gonna get me into a place where I'm like sustainable <laughs> and. Not sure if I should be like selling my ores right. or like whatever. Whereas with Stardew, you figured out a way to make like a farm that fucking worked, that you were proud of, and you had, like, yeah. Ideas and about I felt like and it, I felt like it was contained within the game. Right. Like I didn't right. feel like when I wanted to go like hyper efficiency, greenhouse full of blueberries. I looked it up, and then and then I got that because I was like, okay, I just want a stable income that's going to get me a shit ton of money, so I can go do all the other shit. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to look, but I don't, I can just do the game and be inside of it and not look outside of it for like efficiency strats and have fun and be fine. But I was like, I just want to have a stable income so Mm -hmm. I can fuck around with some other stuff. In this game, I feel like I'm constantly like, okay, what do I do with this? And I have to like. Period. What do I do? Period. Like I picked up a thing and I don't know what the fuck to do with it. I have like so, I have, I already have like nine treasure ch- or nine uh storage boxes of resources bullshit. just yeah. filled with bullshit and i like looked it up and somebody was like save everything and i was like for, <laughs> for what for when and so yo marie, marie kondo has to go through marie kondo has to go through and be like no it's okay you can this throw is out a marie kondo nightmare i have no joy <laughs> the one thing that's keeping that's progressing me forward is that i can trap a llama and ride it and that's the only that's what i'm yeah. trying to get to you know what of course you can <sighs> so that's my time at Porsche. I I want to still take a look at this thing just because it sounds. I'm gonna keep playing it for a <laughs> you little. You said it gave you no joy, outside of the llama potential. Outside of the llama, talking to the people doesn't give me any joy. Whereas in again in other games in the <clears throat> genre, whether that is like a Harvest Moon or a Stardew, yeah. or I'm a like, moon oh, factory. I want to like develop my relationship with this person. Man, I find myself just like walking around and taking screenshots of like the bad it's fucked because like when we started when we saw the first trailer because we were like this kind of looks like fantasy life which is like one of my favorite games for the 3ds totally because that is a game where you can do a bunch of different things too if you want to be a tailor or a, a wizard or a paladin or a, a fisher or yeah. whatever the fuck all anything these different you like. want but those things were so discreet and the the progression through the main story and then those jobs was very clear yeah and so to to have this just be a mess is a bummer yeah well, check in with us. I'll continue. check in. Uh, it reminds me really quickly, uh, eco, e- eco, 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 like ecology, uh, is a game that seems really neat. So I played a bunch of it with my friends over the last week uh, on a private server. This is a multiplayer crafting based uh, uh, kind of not really survival. There's a degree of survival stuff in it. And like you're cutting down trees and building stuff. It's like a very advanced. It's like take Minecraft and then add a bunch of layers of like skill trees and economies and stuff. It's like push Minecraft through EVE Online and see yeah. what comes out the and other ecologies end. And yeah, ecologies. Yeah, yeah, and economies and all sorts of <clears throat> ecos. Uh, and it seems really neat. There's a lot of like uh, um, ways in which you as the player differentiate what your goals are. Um, and the reason I'm kind of interested in it partially is because of Jeff Grubb's coverage of it last year over uh, at Games Beat. Uh, and Jeff is currently running 
a big like group game with a bunch of streamers, and then also the Waypoint community is getting involved. So shout out to them. I'm super excited to see how all that stuff like plays and how like what the stories are that come out of it. We've already had uh, Mikey, one of our mods, was posting on Twitter about uh, a bridge that connected the Waypoint community to another continent, but like that bridge, no one agreed to that bridge being there. And so this is a game that has like legal systems in place where you could uh, like. Uh, you know, proposition laws to go into effect. Wow. Uh, it's a game where you can, like, craft currencies. It's super wild. I'm curious to see how that game continues to go. Um, but I, I know I just don't have the time to dig into it, really. Like, mm-hmm. I'm playing with my friends a little bit on a private server. I mean, the, the whole pitch for it is basically um, a giant asteroid is falling to Earth. It will get here in 30 days and destroy Earth. Develop society from nothing into where you could build a giant laser to shoot that asteroid down, but also don't over don't overhunt don't destroy all your natural resources. Don't over pollute. Don't ruin the world in the in the making. Um, and so it's like it has that that sort of Eve Online vibe of like people's personal goals and group goals uh, collide in ways where like yes, everyone might agree they want to destroy the asteroid, but how do you get there? And how does some player selfishness uh, get in the way? And how can you manipulate that selfishness as a group in order to get your the the goal that you want? Um, all right, I think we got through all the games. I have two quick questions from the question bucket, and then we can finally get the fuck out of here. If you have a question, you can send it to gamingadvice.com. This one comes in from Derek, who says, if you could set an Assassin's Creed-esque historical adventure game in any setting, any time, what would it be? I'm most interested to hear what historical moments resonate with each of you and what you think is underrepresented in fiction. Mm-hmm. Where would you set your Assassin's Creed? I would, I think like I'm going to be corny and just go with the one that hasn't gotten made yet, which is like Warring States Japan, which is like the this kind of Nobunaga, you've heard the word Nobunaga before, it's like when Onimusha is set, it's mm-hmm. like that era of Japan where the emperor's power has diminished and there is a, a war between warring uh, warlords over who's in control, that is like when ninja kind of come into power, not into power, when ninja are a thing. Um, and that would be dope. Samurai, my brain is ninjas. broken. Yeah, my, my brain is broken. It didn't make the recording, but someone came in here in the middle of our last segment, which threw us even more off, which is wild. Um, how about y'all? Do you have a historical moment that you'd be like, that would be a good one for assassins? Mm. Especially now that they've started opening up even further I, back in history. Like, honestly, this is kind of my go-to answer for just a setting I badly want a game in is... Ireland from around the time of the Easter Rising through to the end of the Irish Civil War. I think it's a really fascinating mm-hmm. period because there are so many different factions. Uh, it is such mm-hmm. a fascinating cultural historical moment that is also like freighted by the context of much larger historical events. Also at the same time, World War One, uh, you know the, yeah. the you know the the twenties boom. Uh, there's a lot in that space and I think it's also just kind of a fascinating series of conflicts that unfolds and something that I would really enjoy exploring at the same time it's also something that is sensitive enough and fraught enough that I would also be very on pins and needles seeing how stuff is handled Patrick Natalie you have anything here Patrick's making a face I, yeah, I don't have nothing really comes comes to mind. Unfortunately, I'm trying to think of like <clears throat> like revolutions, yeah, of like disenfranchised 
people that like reclaimed power somehow yeah. like but doing it good but, but <laughs> you know doing what i mean it good like yeah there was a freedom cry expansion um yeah freedom cry wasn't some of that an interesting stuff. uh yeah a slightly fraught experiment yeah. um but one that was earnest and did try to essentially deal with exactly what you're which is all about, uh, uh, about so it was, a, it was the expansion to three that followed, I forget the name of the character, but who was a, a, a Haitian. Um, Not three, it was a black Was flag, it a black, oh, you're right, you're right. The Haitian Revolution? Three was set during, yeah. yeah. you're right, you're right. Uh, it was Black Flag. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, it followed him, and he was a, he was a Haitian revolutionary who, like, freed a bunch of slaves and, like, mm-hmm. led slave revolts, and it was, it was oh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, totally. like, the first thing that actually popped into my head. Yeah. But I was like, I don't trust Ubisoft to make that shit. Yeah. So. Uh, the team behind they, that, it, yeah, I mean, it's it was interesting. Like it ran into like problems that were like limitations of the yeah. game design. It was like go f- go free five slaves and be like oh a five and like then yeah. you're like creeping yeah, along strange. like free and like you saw what they were going for. Um, it was a really it it meant well. Did some things really interesting. It was just too bad that I haven't really seen anything try. Like how? Yeah. How would you gamify like it in a way that doesn't? That's the hard like, part, right? Fucking. Yeah. Isn't like corny and doesn't like do a disservice to like the significance of the event itself. So it, it would be hard. It, it's kind of hard to think of, but yeah. I would want to see like some sort of like enfranchisement of yeah. like. Uh, um, something like that just people yeah i would have liked to have seen freedom cry and the ideas there like had been expanded into a full form thing um um another question here it, pa- patrick why did why did you send me it yeah uh um what? all right so this comes in from an article at that's Flash not film that we're gonna do a okay. question um this is already during the course of this lengthy podcast this has already become i was on the i just want to point you out we were on the cutting edge. i was on the ground floor of sharing this. Now it has become a thing, but we're going we're gonna to get through this. Get through, it's worth just... I'm just going to read this article yeah. um, oof, uh, from Slash Film. Uh, I don't, I don't want to butcher the, the author's okay. name. Uh, Hoi Tran Bui, I believe. Okay. So I'm, I really apologize for, for, for butchering that. Um, Serenity has the wackiest ending of 2019. We're only a month in. So uh, Serenity you is spoil a, this movie um, for me? Okay. Yeah, 100%. Okay, we'll stay to the front. We're going to yeah, spoil 100%. the movie Serenity. I'm just going to read the I ending to Serenity. Not it's a movie the with sci-fi Anne Hathaway. movie. A new movie called Serenity. Okay. Yeah, Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, let me just set you up with how Anne Hathaway, uh, clearly trying to get ahead of this. Is this the movie Go ahead. In, uh, with the island? When <sighs> it's like, it looks like Nantucket? I think I, maybe. No, that's a new Empire week. <laughs> Anne Hathaway on Instagram, clearly trying to get ahead of this. Matthew and I were learning our film Serenity isn't easily broken down into sound bites. I really like movies like that, but just in case I'm in the minority, here's some reasons why I think you should see it. I think Serenity to be a thrilling, ambitious, violent, spiritual, erotic, charged, dark, damning, contradictory, maddening, lustily intelligent film from the brilliant mind of Stephen Knight. It asks a lot of the audience. It exists outside cut-and-dry, black-and-white moralizing, beyond the realm of thumbs-up and thumbs-down, it sucked, it was badass, etc., it will need some analysis and conversation after. Good. Serenity is a sexy, surreal, modern noir for grown-ups who are into things that don't come standard. That sounds like you. I hope you consider giving us your time if and your attention. Are, Hashtag secrets if will surface. your tastes are unusual. So I want, I just, that is a good primer for, for what I'm okay. about to read. Wait. So, um, 
I was right. I was, I'll just it is the, the Nantucket yeah. movie. Okay. I've seen this trailer like uh, six times because yeah. every time I go to the movies, it's the trailer that plays before the movie I see. So anyway, continue. I'm very interested. So the, yeah, the, the article sets up this sultry neo-noir thriller starring Matthew McConaughey and uh-huh. Anne Hathaway seems to take place on a fictional fishing island that boasts a New England name but a tropical climate. While half the residents speak a vague southern twang, McConaughey's character Baker Dill receives strange visions and omens, some of them seemingly supernatural in nature. Here. And there's the matter of Jeremy Strong's bespectacled businessman chasing after Baker Dill with urgent news about something. All right, so now we get into the spoilers. It takes two-thirds of the movie for Jeremy Strong's businessman, Reed Miller, to reach Baker. At this point, Baker has been slowly unraveling following the sudden appearance of his ex-wife, Karen, played by Anne Hathaway, who has tasked him with killing her abusive husband, played by Jason okay. Clarke. Initially resistant to her pleas because of his obsession with catching an elusive giant tuna... Baker is worn down by the series of visions that he receives from his son with Karen. Patrick, played by Raphael Saeed, sure. uh, with, with whom he seems to share a telepathic what? connection. Serenity appears to be planting the seeds for a supernatural twist. But that premise is completely disrupted when Reed Miller finally catches up with Baker. Reed introduces himself as a representative of a fishing company that wants to give Baker a fish tracker free of charge. But he lets something Yo. slip as Baker tries to push him out of his house. I am the rules, Reed says. He continues to That's babble. That's a great line. Revealing that he knows... That's a great line. Mm-hmm. Revealing that uh, he knows all about Baker's obsession with the tuna called Justice and his intention to kill the man abusing his ex-wife. Is he an alien? A prophet? No. Reed is literally the rules of a video game. Baker Dill is not a real person but a character in a fishing video game that his son has been tampering with to play out his fantasies of killing a digital version of his abusive stepfather. Baker is based on his father, who had died in the Iraq War, but Baker (laughs) retains all of these memories of his son and his time in the war, and for some reason can hear his son as Patrick inputs the code that changes a mundane fishing game into a murder scenario. This is my time at Portia! You're talking about my time at Portia! Baker undergoes a crisis of identity and free will, but decides to obey his son anyway and go through with killing the abusive husband. Despite the game's various NPCs trying to thwart him, including at one point his first mate, Duke, hiring a group of gangsters to break the husband's hands so he can't fish. No one dies in this game, Reed tells Baker. Throughout the film, Patrick is shown Pat, oh, shown in his room playing the game while his stepfather beats his mother in the Yo! next room. The twist reveals that there weren't flashbacks to different moments when Patrick fled his game to escape his stepfather's violence, but one long scene that bookends the movie. And as video game Baker kills the digital stepfather, Patrick picks up the knife in reality to kill the one next door. And that it's the thirteenth floor what? meets pro bass fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so field trip. So well, yeah, when are we going? I to see this. Yeah, right? Could have you, never This makes you want to see the yeah. movie, right? Yes. Never. In my fucking life. After seeing this trailer six times. Yeah. The opposite un- of the village. Involuntarily. <laughs> I... What a twist. Could you imagine, though? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Could you, what a twist. Could you imagine, though, if... We, can I go back in time to what I... I described this for people who don't listen to Be Good and Rewatch It. Go listen to Be Good and Rewatch It. It's in its own, it's in its own feed now. Go search for it on your podcatcher. Uh, I described a sequence in our Unbreakable podcast where... I told my girlfriend at the time, ahead of weeks before we went to go see The Village, what the twist in that movie was. And I was right about it. I guessed it based on the trailer. 
and she was pissed at me about it. Could you imagine the mm-hmm. world in which we were excited to go see the movie Serenity? And I was like, I bet it's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honey, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a video game. Uh, to work out the revenge fantasy of the kid who's playing. It's a fishing game, obviously. And then imagine the world in which I was right. So his dad was a troop, but he's in a fishing game now. And he's playing the fishing game as his dad. I Is he is he playing or is he just imagining it's, it's, it? Okay. Well, it sounds like it's a fishing game, but The Sims. No, too? it's yeah, he's actually doing it. Right. right, but right. it's my time at Porsche. It really is. It is literally you can fucking go spar someone. Yeah. So you can throw hands like you, you get a go. sword. All you right, get a llama. God, I even actually you know what? Hashtag. I love it. the detail of like it's a it's a New England fishing. It has a New England town name, but it looks like a tropical village, and everyone has a fucking southern accent. Is the most video, video game, game ass yep. shit mm-hmm. ever. Yep. That's actually really good. This might be a genius film. Fuck, we gotta go see this movie. We gotta go see this movie. Patrick, you, you just gotta, can we add it to the to list? Go see this movie, like. <laughs> God, there was a moment last night. I'm gonna I'm gonna side chat with Patrick and some other friends of ours, and someone else was like. Uh, Austin, have you seen Brawley yet, the new Dragon Ball Super movie? And I was like, no, but I really want to. And then I suggested to Patrick, what if we just canceled Glass and went and did, and we just didn't say that. We just, I, we both Rob went to go see Dragon Ball Super and Brawley and come back and just do that episode as if it wasn't, as if it was already announced. Um, and that was my plan originally. What if you came in and you were just like, yeah. Remember that part in where Glass Goku. where Goku? <laughs> um, but now maybe we should just see Serenity. I know you already saw Glass. No, we, we, have have we have to, to talk about Glass because should. it's We so should talk fucked. about Glass. I want to see Glass. But we've all got to now I want to see Serenity. Movies coming up is what I'm saying. Like, just look. <laughs> Yo. We, we have busy lives. It's tough to get to New the York theater. field trip to see Serenity. You get there we once. should do it. You see them both. Yes. I'm already yeah. there. I'll get the extra large popcorn. I'll get the drink. You get all those refills. I never do that because it's a bad deal. Finally, I'll get the refills. I am in. I'm in. What was that sound? I am I am in. in. I am in. Oh, my God. I'm you in. know what? I, you know what? I can't. We can't end I on can't this. I have one last you. question that came in that I think we need to just clear the air. I will go out on this. So I'm going to say it right now. Thank you to Bowen Floodings, who's a track. Miss you off the EPPL machine. You can find me at twitter.com slash hustle underscore walker. Where can people find you, Natalie? Natalie Walton. Patrick, how about you? Rob Zachney. Hashtag secret service. Rob Zachney. Follow Waypoint, twitter.com slash Waypoint, facebook.com slash Waypoint Vice. Follow everything we do at waypoint.vice.com. This question comes in from Matt Storm, a.k.a. Storm again, who says, if you were a Pokemon, how would you say your name? Oh. Austin. First name Austin. and last name or just first name? Austin. Austin. Petrick. Austin. Petrick. Austin. Natalie. Austin. I don't have a strong enough relationship Austin. with Pokemon Austin. to really like. <laughs> Austin. Rob. Natalie. I can see that. Rob. Natalie. Austin. Natalie.
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. done we're out jesus christ all right I'm well hope food. everyone enjoyed having an audience for our podcast jesus this is our best episode ever i don't give a fuck who's our audience yeah yeah us oh. motherfucker we just got paid money to sit in this room for three hours four hours three hours three hours, three hours. Uh, well we, and yeah. now you gotta it's kick the shit out of that all dude right. who walked in i'm torn like so i think i think i've reached the conclusion i want ace combat seven i want it in my life I we should. We'll talk about. I it. need to get into this uh, whole uh, strong rail, uh huh, situation, <laughs> and help Ocean. Uh huh. Um, beat the Yuraho. That's them. Yep. Anyway, the uh, point is, I hope I can protect that enlightened feudal monarchy <laughs> with uh-huh. jets. It's actually, you know, it's a little more complicated than that, Rob. I'll tell you. We'll get into it. It's the world it's, of Strong Rail does not conform to your <laughs> prime universe definition, your prime universe political imagination. God. <sighs> In Strong Rail, Rousseau was the dominant philosophical force. <laughs> God, if that would that would be such a good like Japanese game thing to do. It was like, what? Well, so wait, where did the worlds divide? Oh, well, Rousseau was the was the big one. Or they would. I would be even better if they went even more like obscure than that. Somebody mocking? Was that Natalie mocking? Was that a door opening? It was not Natalie mocking. We should put a sign over the door buzzer when we're recording. We should. Because we've had twice two, the hammer guy. The hammer guy I heard came in yesterday. The hammer guy came in yesterday. Yeah, two times. <laughs> it's my favorite like line of dialogue at the start of an American tragedy. The hammer guy came twice yesterday, Jim. Uh, again. <laughs> the hammer guy came twice yesterday, Jim. Also sounds like a Warren Zevon lyric. It does. Uh, all right. Came twice yesterday, Jim. What did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? Nothing. Um, ready to go? The hammerman. The hammerman came twice yesterday. Oh Jim. my god, the fucking hammerman! I got so fucking mad. It's upsetting. Natalie he, feels. Did feels he just walk in ham- again? No. Oh my god! Next time he comes in, I'm gonna say something. Okay. He'll be like, it's probably a big Kingdom Hearts fan. The sign is broken right now. Well, I want to see Natalie big time somebody. 
Oh, oh me too. yesterday so I big time somebody. I like low key big time somebody. Somebody, <laughs> somebody low tried key to, big time. Somebody tried to come in. Uh-huh. I told you this already. Yeah, um, somebody tried to come in, and he was like, uh, "Oh, sorry. Like, how long are you guys in here for?" And I was like, um, "There's these signs right here on the door. They say it says waypoint right now." Um, it says we're going to be here until six. And he was like, oh, okay. Word. He's like, vice news. And I was like, fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, you better run. Yeah. (laughs) You really, you really crushed him, Natalie. (laughs) Read that sign. (laughs) That's kind of like a fucking alpha move. Like, read the sign. Yeah, no. It says we're going to be here (laughs) until six. That's my fucking answer. (laughs) That is, am I wrong? No, you big time. Is that him. not an alpha move? No, it's not. When you said low key big time, now I get what you meant. No, low it's, key it's, big it's, time. it's, 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 it is low key and it is big time. It's subtle. Yeah. It'll set He was also like in his mid forties and I was like, I will not say out of my way, thing. Gen X. <laughs> I want my candy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Are we? Are, oh boy. Whoop, these are backwards. Are these backwards? People are gonna love this episode because it's long, and I don't want to set a precedent. But here we are. Was it bad? That's a bad sign. We watched the whole movie. We watched a whole ass movie during this podcast, and I didn't understand what the <laughs> fuck HBO happened. Brought yeah, our HBO product. It was um, it was something with Harrison Ford. That's not right. No, it's not right. That's this you. One. Yeah. It was something with Harrison Ford recently. Yeah. Not that recently though, because it looked old. So not that recently. But not like young Harrison Ford. No. Gray hair. Early 2000s, maybe. It's cold in here. It is cold in here. I should have brought up a fucking hoodie. I didn't even wear one today. It was like 50 degrees today. Yeah, it was like really warm and nice. My stomach Rainy, hates me right now because I got one of the energy shots from the coffee machine. Oh, no. And it is like burning in my no. stomach. Um, what are we hitting next? I think Portia. 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 Um, uh, at the gates, and then my time at Portia, and then Echo, and then we're out, and then questions. So we're out. They're fun questions. They're not hard questions. Is it Echo or Eco? Eco. Did I say Echo? Mm-hmm. Eco. Eco. Also, who cares? Eco. Echo. Echo, echo. What's it mean? What's echo mean? Home. Home? Echo? Yeah, I think it means home. When Rob was like <sighs> seven, <sighs> Delta, uh-huh. it was like straight up like the first two were right. And I was like, wait. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oikos. Yeah, oikos means household. House. That's where it's from. Did you take Latin? I took Latin. Yeah. Wow, you're one of them. Wow. 
What's like that mean? Latin kids. What's that mean? Do you take it to be good at the SATs? Yeah, of course. And I took it because I was a nerd. I was like, Latin's interesting. <laughs> Ancient Rome is cool. Ancient Rome is cool. Teach me about Latin. Teach me about Latin. I remember... Uh, Latin is so useful as like someone in that age group because it changes the way you think about everything. It changes the way you think about history and about language in big ways. Because you have to start thinking about, like, all, like, learning languages is good for you, generally. Yeah. But learning Latin was specifically so useful for me as a writer because it made me think about words in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and made me think about, like, the ways in which sentences were constructed and not yeah. just, like, it wasn't, it, that, those classes were very rarely just vocabulary plus yeah. how to speak it because that was not part of it, really. When I started in seventh grade, the Latin girls were, like, smarts. The Chinese girls were the ones whose dads told them to take Chinese. Wow, we did not for have business. Chinese. Yeah, <laughs> for right, business. Right. Uh, the Spanish girls were like, "I'm going to take Spanish because that's the only language that's offered in elementary school." So I'm just right. going to keep doing keep this doing thing. Right. And then French girls were the ones that like their parents didn't give a fuck what they took. So <laughs> wow, I took Why are we French. talking about Latin? Nice. Because uh, Austin's a nerd. Because I was explaining, we were talking about the pronunciation of, of eco, the game eco, E-C-O, mm-hmm. and and I said echo, and that's wrong, and now they're like, isn't it eco? I was like, yeah, it's eco. I was like, what's eco mean? Eco, eco. Yeah, house. I think it means house, like economics or like ecology, and it does. It's from the Greek, Oikos, oikos yeah. which means, yeah, yeah, obviously. Right, nerds. O- obviously. <laughs> obviously. I mean, come on. <laughs> Duh. Um, I took... It was very important to me to learn classics and Latin and Greek because when I, we're talking pre, we're talking high school. High we school. were talking high school, but you, were yeah. you I took it in college. Like, Latin. That's, that's what my, in my college. majors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, well, Jed Bartlett learned all this stuff. He seems like a good intellectual role model. There's a lot of things I wish you could revisit from my time yeah. when I believed yep. that Aaron Sorkin was unequivocally good. Um, I cannot believe. I can. I can believe. There's nothing about Aaron Sorkin doing anything anymore that I can't believe. That motherfucker. What did he do? To oh. oh, the video, the interview. Jesus. He just, oh He doesn't God. like the that? new Where generation of Democrats it, because he, uh, they... It's time to, it's time to, it's time to get serious now, Natalie. Mm-hmm. What did I do? No, 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 no. That's what he said about, about... To me? To How you. Dare. Your generation. To you. He was like, to your generation. To Generation Remix, he said. <laughs> One of the most revealing God. sequences in the newsroom, which is a revealing show. Studio 60 and the newsroom yeah. are both super revealing shows. Uh, but the newsroom, there is the sequence, like the second season, they're covering Occupy Wall Street. And uh, Dev Patel's character is talking to um, the head of the studio, basically, about why... Uh, Occupy Wall Street matters, I get over there? and she basically says, "I don't understand it. It's not. It's not a serious effort. What's the? What are their demands? What are their policy? They don't know anything." And he replies, "Stories like that's very easy for you to understand. You're wearing a pair of shoes that co- cost more than my rent." And Aaron Sorkin said that. No, the like young character, character oh, the who's character. like the young worker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And she's like, "Whoa, you want to rethink that, buddy?" And the whole scene is like played as, "Oh, he just really fucked up and overstepped." And it was yeah. like, oh, no, like 10 years ago, we were all supposed to identify with like Casey and Dan in Sports Night. But now I'm watching the newsroom and Aaron Sorkin is on the side of like the rich executives <laughs> and against me. Yeah. 
Can you just show this to the class? You have to, you have to touch the screen so it's a little less. What? Lower your contrast on the screen. Is it Kamala? Lower the con You're going to want to see it. Uh-huh. There you go. Now put it up. We should probably do that next week. Huh? Kamala What's it say? for... Uh-huh. Oh, you lost it. What's she for? What's she for? No. Wakanda? No. <laughs> no. Well, you guys saw you guys saw who she hired as her communications director. No, yes. I oh my god, did who you did not? She hire? Yeah, po Pokemon Go to the Pole. It's the communications director for From Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton. No. <laughs> I mean, yes, honestly. Well, now we don't it. have to worry about it. You know her. what? Yep. Yeah. We good. We golden, baby. <laughs> <laughs>